0: One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader includes, but it's not led to talk of Star Wars, not Reagan's. We can truly prepare for the jump that follows this song, but hey, we gave it a try, So. Fox reports, they are divided For equal sequel hate, and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired and their time is up So oh, here's the Knights nice of later.
1: Thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is December 21st, 2019. My name is Zach Weber, and I am joined by professional podcast host, Zenger. McClunky. And I am joined by Mando Russ.
2: Ryan. Russell Ryan. I said his name backwards. (laughs) Hey, how are you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs) tonight?
1: All right, folks. We'll uh, dispense with the stupid... uh, Intro stuff, and we'll delve right into it. Rise of Skywalker. Before we talk about anything spoilery, we will give our general overall thoughts, and then we will put up a firm spoiler warning. So, if you do want to hear our thoughts, but don't want anything ruined for you, or if the internet hasn't already ruined it for you, uh, here you go. So, going around the room real quick. Let's keep the thoughts brief until we really unpack everything. Zenger, thoughts on Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker.
3: Uh, I enjoyed it. It was a great conclusion to this trilogy and a interesting conclusion to the saga as a whole. But I, I, I liked it. Take 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 that as you will. I did like it. Uh, once you see the movie and go into the spoilers, I'll have more like a little bit more me maybe nitpicking, but overall I enjoyed it. I, I can't I'm gonna go get this to go see it again and I actually can't wait for my second viewing. Russ, your thoughts?
2: Uh, I'll back that up, Singer. Yeah, I agree. It it for me, it moved a little too fast at times, but mm-hmm. I really did. I really did like how it it wrapped up certain things. Some things I didn't like. I openly laughed at some things, but I appreciate that I got that moment to laugh about those things. And overall, I really enjoyed the movie.
1: All right, my thoughts. Drum roll, please. Thank you. I absolutely love this film. Donnie uh, Wahl. Hey!
2: <laughs> That's um, the biggest shocker of all. It really was. I I was almost expecting uh, something different, but I'm very I'm very happy because uh, of your opinions of Star Wars that you enjoyed, enjoyed it, Zach.
1: Yeah. Uh, no. I I did what I did every time I go see one of these movies. I close my eyes Saw the- it
2: five times.
1: We'll get to that. <laughs> Um, I'm kind of Rise of Skywalker down at this point But hey, I wouldn't say no to another viewing But uh, no, I, I closed my eyes before it started And I said, please be good, please be good, please be good And I can say this, within the first five minutes, I knew I was going to love this film. Because I think if you've listened to this podcast for more than a couple episodes, you know my opinion on a very specific character. And I got exactly what I wanted, and I knew (laughs) I was in for a ride. Um, So yeah, I absolutely loved this. I thought it was incredible. It's not The Last Jedi. Nothing will ever be The Last Jedi. But uh, no, I, I dug the hell out of this film. And with that being said spoilers if you've not seen the rise of skywalker please turn this off we will be waiting for you when you come back up and and to give you some time
3: to you know if you're listening to this at home or you got to run over and turn it off and you just can't get to your phone we're going to go through our theater watching experience of this because i'm
1: wondering (laughs) if, if if zach had to suffer Yeah, yeah, you're right. I have to talk about this. This is my curse. Um, All right, theater going experience time. If you've listened to Cinemonides or if you've heard me rant over the years, I've been seeing the same movies at this very specific theater where I live in uh, upstate New York. Um, I I usually do a double feature on anytime I have a late night premiere I'm going to. So I saw Ford versus Ferrari. Which was fine, something to get excited about. Uh, but I came, I got out of that around three thirty. I had a ticket to a seven o'clock showing, Because I have to be in the big theater. And so I go out to like the like like one of the eighty five assistant managers, and I'm like, hey, like I have a showing for seven o'clock. I know you have reserved seating now. This is the first big film since reserved seating's been implemented. What's the official policy? <laughs> you can wait online a half an hour before. I'm like, okay, so six thirty. Yeah, six thirty. I'm like, okay. So around five thirty, I try again. I get told by the ticket taker, you can wait at six thirty. All right, shut down twice. So around six o'clock, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna hang out like in the lobby. I and actually a uh, really cool Thing uh for the last how many years I've been doing this ever since the force awakens There was two guys who are both named mike When I first met them during the force awakens When I waited online for seven hours they were 13 years old uh when I saw them This time they actually recognized me I didn't Recognize them they're now like 17 Years old it was this kind of crazy like Really like bringing it home experience being like Oh my god you were the guys who like waited Online with me unofficially for seven Hours and yet here we are again Four years later like god it's hard to believe that really cool yeah it's really neat kind of really like it hit home and uh it was great talking to them kind of spoke to them for half an hour but as of six o'clock they already started letting people waiting online for the seven o'clock showing so like, I i was mad about that i'm like why why couldn't i wait online yeah, everybody else could wait online, and so that made me mad. But what made it really cool those those two guys who I was telling you about, Mike and Mike, um, th- their mother was with them. They're like, "Hey, we have an additional ticket ticket for the six thirty. You can come with us." And I said, "No, I really appreciate it, but uh, I have tickets for the seven o'clock, and I I want to be in the big theater." And they're like, uh, "Sure, but like we'll get you in so you can go wait in the big theater." And I'm like, "Cool." So I got to go into <laughs> the big theater. Everybody else. So uh, see, folks, the friends you meet it's cool to hang out with people that think like, you know, at the same times friends help each other at the same time. So it's neat. So, uh, no, my theater going experience was, was pretty good also. Uh, cause I was by myself for the opening night. I didn't see it with friends and family until Friday night. And uh, the guy who I sat next to at seven o'clock on Thursday was there by himself as well. His name was Alan, and uh, talked to him about Star Wars stuff. And I asked him, like the first question I ask everybody who I've never spoken to about Star Wars before, I say, uh, "What's your opinion on the Last Jedi? Is oh, it God. horrible? Is it horrible, <laughs> or is it just terrible?" And he goes, "No. He's like, it's not my favorite Star Wars film, but I have no problems with it." Yeah, and I'm like, "Wow." i
2: like, basically your average Star Wars viewer. That is that, what I think is definitely the opinion. It's not as biased as people think.
1: Yeah, it's nowhere near as hyperbolic as the internet makes it out to be. Uh, Most The silent majority of Star Wars fans are okay with The Last Jedi. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, But yeah, so no, that was my theater-going experience. In all honesty, I have no complaints. The only thing I have to really kind of just last final parting words about that is uh, my theater does a weird thing now if a movie starts at 7 o'clock. Um, the previews don't start now until like like ten minutes afterwards, and now there's twenty five minutes in front of every pre in front of every movie. And on top of that, they now play commercials during the previews, so you'll have a preview yeah. for Wonder Woman, then you'll have a commercial for Cadillac, uh, then you'll have a no. then, you'll have, then you'll have a preview for. Uh, uh some other like black widow you know have a commercial for google home and it's like come on it's Like a movie st- it's bad enough that you have 25 minutes of previews now we're adding like 15 minutes of Commercials on top of that it's like that's so misleading to say a movie starts at seven but in Reality it doesn't start until like 7:30 730 or 7:35. like that's so yeah. uncool at least tell me like if You're gonna have that many commercials um but no other than that your going experience was was Great can't complain
2: that's good ross Look, I – yeah, yours compared to mine doesn't sound as fun. So I, I've been going to the same theater for every Star Wars release. I love when they do the Christmas time releases just because, I don't know, you get to take the whole family. It's it just, it's kind of an event. I was bummed that we didn't get to do it uh, last year, and we kind of missed out on doing solo like that. But – so we show up, and, and we, I had bought tickets before, but, hey, I didn't need to. Like, we got there. We were able to get the seats right in front of, like, the bar – like, the – the, the devised the lower seats – And and to keep I had three kids with me, like fifteen, nine, and six, but to keep busy, the five will first showed up. They're all out in front. So I was able to take my kids out. A guy, there was a droid builder dude there who had an R2-D2 just rolling around the lobby. So we just got to hang out for that hour after we got our seats. Just me and the kids. There was a Jawa that was clearly a kid from the 501st. <laughs> the same size as my kid. It's great. They got to hang out together. There was Tuskens. There were uh, all kind of stormtroopers, a few Jedi. Sorry. I wasn't a Kylo Ren like the, What has been in the last few years. But, yeah, so they got to do, like, the full little immersive experience and get the food, go in, and then the movie started. And it was great. Great experience I love that theater Was this like a Like a chain theater Or like Alamo Or it's it's a local theater it just it's, it there's a little local chain called the grand and um oh. they just there is a 14 screen theater but they go you know the, the i'll say it's mostly on the 501st out here it's a combination of a good theater and like kind of a low star wars interest market i'll say that lafayette louisiana uh not as hardcore as star wars definitely this was the lowest turnout for a premiere i've ever seen uh last jedi was packed Force awakens was packed rogue one was packed i saw all those in the same theater doing the same kind of event the thursday night opening and this one though uh no not packed at all maybe they had more screens playing it but but the 501st in in this area is great they go to every toys R Us toy opening they go to book days at at, at the bookstores and stuff they, they are everywhere they're great
1: cool yeah my theater doesn't allow anybody to dress up so that kind of uh Oh, well, the they cabasa. just hang out what? in the
2: lobby. I got to see. I got to see a Mandalorian holding hands with an Imperial officer lady. They were clearly a couple getting out of their car, and we were hanging out in the parking lot. And we got to see a Mando, and we and my kids went. This is the way. And he's kind of like this is the way, and like he did a little nod to him. And when my kid took the picture with the Jawa, I was like, "Say Suka," and she was like, "Suka." It was so funny. <laughs> like, he played the little kid played along, and so did my kid because they were so into Mando. It was it was great.
1: All
3: right, Senator, so was so, your movie
1: going experience?
3: So, Zach, not 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 to shoot this podcast in the foot with any promotional opportunities, but you ever you go to Regal, right? I do. So I was able to purchase my ticket and choose my seat
1: like sure. hours beforehand. So I don't know why they didn't let you. That's weird. No, they let me pick my ticket. Oh, no, no, no. I purchased my ticket like the day they went available. Mm-hmm. um i just wanted to get in the theater because i'm neurotic because oh. i've heard stories about people sitting wherever they want regardless of reserved seating and i need my seat like i actually have a cheat sheet on like in front of me right now with what feet I, i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a screen share on my phone just to show these two they can laugh hysterically and you can hear this over the recording but no i legit have a, a cheat sheet that i keep in front of me at any given time, nope. You don't want to see my face. Oh. Uh, yep. I actually have a cheat sheet to tell me which seat is mine, which ones are good if I'm bringing other people with me, which theaters are which. Um, yeah, this is uh my my psychosis manifested in reality, folks.
2: So, Zach, Zach I will say, Zach, you are a maniac, and we love you because of it. And <laughs> oh, I'm <great>. insane. <laughs> I <can see laughs> that. I love it. No, and you, you, yes, we all clearly are. But we everyone's individual things are great, and I love yours. This is amazing. So, yeah, I, I think we're fair. both sucking
3: up to him right now because I'm sure there's another list that he has <laughs> that we want to make sure we stay off of. <laughs> but no. Um, so, I was able to get my ticket. I did like the row, it was the, one of the smaller theaters because they were like showing it on like every freaking screen every half hour at my theater. So, I just picked like the later one. So, I was like, I want to go later. I randomly got off work. So, I was able to act the next day. So, I was able actually to go. Uh, Friday night, and I got like the row right in front of where like the walkway is to where like if people are walking there behind me, so I wouldn't have no one walking in front of me. And yeah, I was close, but it wasn't like ne- neck breaking close. My theater was oddly, um, I think there might have been 15 people in it.
2: it yeah, was, Zach, how about yours? Was yours actually packed, or like uh, mine was mine would say, I'd say maybe 50 60 percent full.
1: Uh, It's a weird thing. Reserved seating, because I was actually, while I was in the theater, I was checking all the different screens playing. It's just looking on my phone, like how packed each theater was. Um, Reserved seating has fundamentally altered the movie-going experience. Uh, In my theater, I was in the big theater, which holds, I think, around 300, uh, it's either 200 or 350 people. That's pretty Uh, big. yeah, I'd say it was about seventy percent full. The only the only seats that weren't taken were the ones where you have to kind of like the opposite, of the nosebleeds, the ones right up front where you have to crane your neck yeah, upwards. Yeah,
2: no one likes it. that.
1: Yeah, I, I'm indifferent to that actually.
2: Oh really?
3: As long as not like the like because mine it's like five rows, then the break for the walkway, then the rest of them, and like row five I'm fine with. Oh, Okay. Being well, I, I'd rather do that than have people walking in front of me and it being just distracting.
2: So but Yeah, mine my, my was about 70% full, I'd say. To, to to try to segue from theater experience to actual film itself. Yeah, we, we, say, we can
3: talk about it now. Spo- okay. Spoiler time. We're, now, we're there, people. This
2: is spoiler time. It's here. Now, I want to say, I was not prepared for the first three words of the opening crawl. And I kind of giggled and thinking about them. But I've never done this, and it. And it was no knock. And you're right. As soon as this started, I, I kind of knew what movie we were in for. But when I saw the words, the dead Speak. I could not. I was like, no, this is not the first words of the crawl. This is great. This is so funny, and I, I couldn't. I actually giggled through the entire crawl until the actual film started, and I was, I was completely in. So, what, what did you think when you first saw those words, Zach? Did you had you been spoiled on the crawl?
1: No, not on the crawl. No, um, the thing I I know a lot of people are talking about that. Everyone's like, "Oh, the first like sentence is horrible."
2: I no, it's, I don't think it's horrible. I, I think it's so Star Wars. Star, yeah, I thought that it was actually that is, ballsy. I thought it was so ballsy. It's like war. It's like the dead speak, and I was like, "The dead speak." Yes, let's do it. All right, we're in that's okay this is
1: the thing though I didn't pick up on that immediately I kind of I was more i was soaking everything in at that moment I'd say this was probably the weakest crawl just overall because it's very very this like every it's you could assume everything that was in it. it doesn't give any sort of expository thing like where most of the other ones do um no I thought I, again it's Without getting into the, just the crawl itself, no, I think it's a weak crawl because, it, again, it doesn't tell you anything new. But the dead speak, I like it. Um, it's very indicative of, like you were saying, Russ, of uh, the film as a whole. This is a very pulpy film. It's, yeah. um, that's the best way to describe it, I think, is overall. And I think a lot of people who are – I think especially the critics, again, I, I'm kind of shocked. Well, I'm not surprised. The same critics, they're trashing. this so are the same ones that say the prequels ruined their childhood. So we're kind of right back where we started. Um, I, if anybody watches Twin Peaks out there, I'm having this like moment of it's happening again, um, from the prequel era. But no, uh, yeah, pre uh, crawl was fine, a little lackluster, but that's the I least of my like, problems.
2: I like the excitement of the end though, where it introduces that. Well, Kylo Ren is not pleased with this, and he is going to go out there and he is going to check out this thing from the Emperor that you may have heard on Fortnite. Uh, if you were thank you, Russ. Thank you. If you were paying attention, I, I watched. I talked about the Fortnite video, okay? I tried to get you guys up on that, because you guys would have heard the Emperor's message for the galaxy. And I love that it just immediately jumped into just Kylo Ren and his ship, and we're going there now. That was, like, the most, like, okay, wow. Like, really, really great opening for me, I think.
3: By the way, just pointing this out real quick, at the time of this recording... The Rotten Tomato meter for the critics is 57%. Audience score is 86.
2: Okay, it's staying... Okay,
1: well, now that Rotten Tomatoes has it so people can't, like, review-bomb it,
2: you actually have to, like, proof.
1: you have to provide okay. proof that you bought a ticket you have, actually when you try to submit a review really? you got the link through like Fandango or one of the chains yeah you have to that's what people were doing They're, they were they were using it as a way to torpedo movies and it's like yeah
2: like ghostbusters and stuff you know nobody saw it that that was bombing it that hard you know no you know yeah
1: um yeah. but no like getting to the beginning I guess we'll just what delve through this chronologically. You
2: you would be better at that than any of us Believe me there's so much in this film And I've tried just trying been pulling it From memory since seeing it on Thursday And uh, there's so much I love about it but I think You could probably take us right back there Zach
1: that was kind of spoiled for me How the film was going to begin because One of the reviews I was reading is like the film begins With Kylo Ren murdering a bunch of people I'm like well there goes that time to turn the turn Turn that review off Um but no, I, I really like the beginning, Kylo Ren, like Russ said, where we really go from bing bang boom. Uh one thing I really do want to preface this entire discussion with, um, objectively speaking, this film feels like it was edited with a tree shredder. Like it feels <laughs> like oh, there's yeah. there's about a third of the film that was cut out and changed. Um there's there's a lot missing here. There's a lot.
2: There's that's- Well, Um, we'll get to it. Well, yes, there definitely is. And um, I think a lot of it starts uh, with uh, a character named Claude, which I'm not sure – what what his purpose was or why he was there my my kids called him they said who was that slug and then they said he, everyone all he did was get hugs and he was the slug <laughs> hug they were laughing about it so they're like who was that guy i was like i think his name was claude and they're like why was he there because he got hugged in the beginning and then they hugged him at the end and i think someone hugged him in the middle too and i was like i don't know what he was supposed to do i i think that might have been jeff garland's character that was completely cut from the film he's yeah. on the poster he's on the poster well, he's on a poster.
3: I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but I kind of want to talk about this because this would be the best time to do it because we're about to like go into it. Did anyone feel like this this movie took a breath after the beginning of um a- after the crawl got done, took a breath, and then like held it at breakneck speed until about three fourths of the movie, and then finally let the movie breathe. Because it just felt oh. like this was trucking along at certain yeah. points. Like I'm like, whoa, wait, where are we now? What's going like it it was fine, but it was just I didn't expect them to just go. Oh, I
1: did. Oh, that was one of my biggest fears with this movie. I think we talked about it when we were
3: talking yeah. about the the trailer. Oh, they're gonna do all this stuff. It's like because no. Because it's on fast forward through. I mean, we part are, the We have
2: the page. emperor. We have the emperor established and back within what, Zach? You've seen it four minutes of the film. We've already seen him, and more, it's yeah, just first go, five go, minutes, go, more or less. Well,
1: yeah, yeah, more that's, or less. Well, that's the problem, though. Like, I feel like this was a three-hour-long film that was streamlined into about one hundred and thirty-two minutes, which is kind of the, the— No, no. I mean, not the credit. I'm not counting the credits. No. Um. Yeah. This no, cause I I know it's about hundred. Those people minutes. did hard work too, Zach. Oh yeah, I know. They but I'm cut like, it down to that that length. Well, you can feel it though. Like there's so much that happens in this where it's like okay, here it's like and like you guys said, uh, this film should really come with like a lap restraint. Like the moment it begins, like okay, buckle in because you're you're not stopping. Um, I kind of disagree with you a little bit, Zenger. I feel the Pasana stuff. The movie slows down during my second viewing. I I was I should say that I was I was. Pretty much exhausted the second and third time I watched this because, in the span of 24 hours, I watched this film three times. And when wow. I thought about it, um, I no, had actually
2: get, no, Pasana to catch up is the planet where they go and they're having the festival on, correct? Yes. With the, um, yeah, I still pop. think
3: it's trucking a little bit during that, like, like moving it, along during that. Lamb.
2: Leia slows it down just a bit with that scene um, where Leia is talking to Ray during the training scene. That's in the very beginning. Getting these planets uh these new planets names is, is hard. That was Pasana though. Okay.
1: Yes, that was Pasana. Um no, I, I yeah, that, that sequence felt a little bit like okay, we're not not that it slows down, but it's like okay. I feel it didn't add anything to the movie. It's like it's a lot of just Spinning your wheels. Like, okay, we're at a festival. We got to find the, the the person that knows stuff. All right, we go and we find them because they save us we, from the stormtrooper.
2: We all knew that was Lando, right? Like, I didn't know any spoilers of that. I was like, a costume guy in the third film. I was like, oh, this is the new oh. Lando skiff guard right here. Wait, we might have missed one thing. Yeah, we missed. Oh, we've missed quite a bit. No, no, we no. no, no I'm saying that there, there, there's
3: a very important joke and thing I want to talk about that I don't want to miss the opportunity to to do it okay go ahead so of course the movie begins with you know that and then there's the ice planet like iceberg in space or whatever it is that ice they go to to get, that they go the Millennium falcon goes to to get the
2: the intelligence on you know this the spy in the first order yes, this was the scene that was uh added as a bonus scene at the end of the seventh uh, chapter chapter of mandalorian and my kid looked at me and goes this is this thing from mandalorian i'm like yeah i know shut up so (laughs) always remember that
3: so that 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 whole thing's happened great you know to kind of get set up the whole light speed jumping thing was something i thought was going to be relevant later it wasn't uh but the whole we have a spy in the first order and i'm like i wonder who that could be sarcastically by the way (laughs) <laughs> and then they have the meeting where they're all sitting there after he gets his helmet reforged and Ren's yelling at everyone. And then he's like, we got a spy. And I was seriously waiting for Hux to, like, lean forward and be like, I wonder
2: who this dashing spy could be. <laughs> so c- to catch me up, Zach, that is that, the very opening scene, that planet he's on. That's when that what is it? Is it it looks like the old emperor? It looks like, like a chimpanzee is putting his helmet together. That's on the planet from in the very beginning. Correct, Zach? Well,
1: this is the thing that I didn't figure out until just, I think, this morning, because I got the, the Rise of Skywalker visual dictionary yesterday, and I didn't even pick up on this. And this is pretty good connective tissue to uh, the non movie media. The film that we, I'm sorry, the plant that we see Kylo Ren on the very, very beginning, that's Mustafar. It is what it's Mustafar because and what happened because it's funny. I was reading the visual dictionary and there's an entire like page on Mustafar, and I'm like, Where the hell is Mustafar playing into any of this? And then I was reading it, and I'm like, Oh, because in the non movie stuff, I think it's Vader Immortal and the comics, right? Vader does something's happening with Vader on Mustafar, and I think it's Vader Immortal, the VR thing. You save the planet, and the planet starts to grow vegetation again. And that's no what you're way. seeing like 40 plus years later. And mm. apparently what happens is, uh, this is one of those things that is being hinted at was cut from the film was that Kylo Ren is on Mustafar. That's where he finds the wayfinder. That's Vader's wayfinder, which is apparently it was on it's in Vader's castle, but that was all edited out. Oh. And, and then he goes to Exegol comes back And and that's where the monkey guy, the monkey welder, with the Knights of Ren, reforged the helmet is back on Mustafar, and all that was cut out of the film. Oh, there's there's about I'd say there's about like a additional five minutes of this. Again, this is my own guess, speculation. There's about an additional five to ten minutes of film on, on Mustafar that was cut out. Well, I hope
2: we get to see that one day in that giant box set you keep trying to show us to tease yes. us. This if we want to get it, it uh that four K complete uh Skywalker saga set. Oh man, I want the bonus features. Cool. I, I
1: I don't want the four K. I already have the Blu-rays. I need to do like like a kick a Knights of Vader Kickstarter where we all chip in like ten bucks and we can sit there buy this. Just we we can then get the the bonus disc and just take that and that will sit there. We'll pass around, sell off the four K and the packaging and the blu rays. So all you know, I want the originals
2: in there, give us the originals in there. Give us the non cut ones. What's, no, what's the actually, it's,
1: okay. That's off. This is off topic, but I have to talk about for it. JJ sure, sure. Abrams in interview with now this, he, the interviewer asked like, Hey, like what's the deal with like the unaltered and JJ, he's actually really candid, which is shocking for JJ. He says, I actually spoke to Lucasfilm about releasing the unaltered cuts commercially, and he actually says this. Their answer was very unsatisfying, but they won't do it. And, and that he actually says that,
2: and I'm like, wow. Huh. And we get to the cantina, there's the devil guy, there's the wolf man. Han Solo sits down with a nice little bounty hunter named Greedo, and what does he say? He says, McClunky, would you as a fan? like to see the theatrical versions made available commercially. Yes, and uh, I have asked about this. Uh, Really? Because who wouldn't want to see that? Uh, But I've been told that uh, for reasons that I don't quite understand, that that's not necessarily possible. Which uh, is, you know, uh, too bad because that was the thing that I loved.
1: So what on earth did they sign with with Lucas when they did the 2012 deal that prohibits them from doing it?
2: They know that money's there. It's just off limits. And they won't say it. And there was a clause to not say it. And he just wants to hold on to that. And, phew, we Until just he gotta, dies. Until gotta he dies. You got to hold on to what we got. You got to watch our VHSs. Yeah, exactly. Doing the McClunky. As I'm wearing a McClunky shirt, shout out to I'm Michael so Shields. So Randomly, sober. I'll say that. I got a McClunky shirt. I want to say thank you so much. And oh my God, I'm not even playing it right. What, what's wrong with me tonight? There we go. And all is right
1: with the world Um, But no going to like again going back In chronological order of this film uh, Yeah that's Kylo Ren on Mustafar But going to the uh, God the part that really really Satiated me was we go To this there's a word in in the Visual dictionary they talk about it a lot I don't again a lot of this terminology is going to come And go depending on if I remember it Kylo Ren goes to the whatever you want to call it The temple on, on Exegol And we see Palpatine, in the like I said before, in the first five minutes, when I saw just how monster mashy he was, yeah, oh, oh, it was delightful. Oh God, I'm like he's he's dialing it up to eleven. He's doing new. Everything is proceeding according to plan. The dark side of the force. Is a pathway to many abilities some <laughs> consider to be un I'm like, oh God, movie, stop, stop, it's too early. I'm not ready yet. I don't it's- wanna blow my wad this early. <laughs>
2: It's so much, it's so great early on and, it, and everything. He is total horror monster master, or strobe lights going on in this in this horror monster place, and his eyes are all milked over zombie yep. looking. I couldn't figure out if he was just a torso or not, just hanging there. I, I don't know if he had his, did he, did, does Palpatine have his lower extremities in this? I'm assuming he does. Yeah. To an ex- <laughs> I don't think <laughs> they're anybody's usable. Guess? <laughs> he just <laughs> like a robe hanging there he could have just been like like they pulled Anakin out uh in the rogue one look and just I'm, put a cloak on him it was weird looking
3: I'm only saying he has like physically legs are still there because of what happens later that i think him healing that back
1: would be a little far-fetched like that quickly okay i i, I know I don't want to, we don't want to skip ahead too far though but like I know I always call Palpy now Monster Mash, and I wanted it on the record that at the end of the film. We don't just get, like, super sane, like Monster Mash. We get the Graveyard Smash too. Oh. We have an entire coliseum of the Graveyard Smash. It like, was it,
2: amazing. It was. that. It was SO Episode 2. I was like, what, where are they? On Geonosis? What is going on? I didn't know there was the arena of these guys. Who are those guys? Like, it, uh, There's it, so many open uh, questions. Just, I have a theory. It, Go yeah, sure. It, what is it? And since Zach is a
3: big visual dictionary, might confirm it. He, he makes a comment that you know all the Sith live with him in him now. Those are uh, all the, the Sith spirits
1: yeah. of the past. No, oh, they're yeah. all just they're, they're they're just spirits of like all the Sith that have come before him. All right, Listen, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought this up, Zinger, because I'm in the uh, the visual dictionary. The and it's going to say Zinger is wrong. No, no, no. You got no. You got it right. Well, not they don't. There's very little about Palpatine in this and how he looks. That that's not really in here. But there's a lot of stuff about the lore of Exegol and like the Sith. Where there's a name for all this. I just, I just started looking at this today, so I don't have a lot of it on like in my like short-term memory. But when it comes to legion names for the Sith, whatever they want to call it, there's troopers,
2: like, yeah. Then they have like Revan troop. and uh, Well, other, okay. Uh, well,
1: I, I was going to build up to this though, but Russ kind of uh, ruined it for me. But there's actually notable legions. There's Desolus, Phobos, Tanis, and the Revan legion, which means hmm. Revan is now officially, again, I'm not sure who what he looks like, but Revan is now officially canon.
3: I'm sure he's one of those statues as he's there wandering around at some point. But yeah, I, I kind of assumed like when he made the comment of, you know, Oh, the Sith live within me. It's like, that's what all those are. It's just him basically having a theater of basically a manifestation of all the Sith to watch him conquer the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Finally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He actually says that too. He says, okay, I want it on record. People
2: have have debated, I've seen uh, especially prequel meme things. Does he actually say?
1: Yes, he says do it. Do it.
2: Yes. Uh,
1: and I'm, and I'm, and I, you know what? I have the audio from like three different sources. I'm going to insert it as many times as I possibly can in this right. episode during anything. Do it. Make the sacrifice. I can't overstate this. Every single time Palpatine was on screen in this, I could not stop smiling. Like it's—I know Zenger and I have talked about Palpatine in the past now for years, and it was everything I could. We got a new of, Palpatine. Some, oh, yeah. it's delightful. Even the end Palpatine, the Super Saiyan Palpatine. Until somebody has a better name for it, that's what I'm going to keep calling him Super it, Saiyan Palpatine. Yes, because he's just Perfect. like Jack. Is that correct? Is that? I mean, am I using that term yeah, correctly? sure. Just, let's
3: let's could, go with it.
2: We can oh just no, say, wait, no. Oh my we gosh, so the SS Palpatine to expediate this podcast. So all aboard the SS Palpatine.
1: <laughs> super Sith Palpatine. There you go. Super super Sith Palpatine. I dig it. No, like when I saw that though, like when he sits there steal, like rips the dyad out of them, or however that works, and he becomes like reborn and he oh his little eyes are glowy and he's got like all new, nice, like crimson robes. I'm like, movie stop. Yep. rims and robes
2: in the eyes i was just like way yeah this is the way kind of cut off sorry (laughs) yeah it's 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 beautiful it's
1: absolutely beautiful everything they do with him in this movie like they i don't know whose decision it was or who got final say but palpatine was delightful i I was kind of in fear that they were going to tone him down a bit but he's even more over the top than he is in the revenge of the Sith.
2: Oh yeah. He he whatever cares he didn't have at the time, he definitely doesn't have it this one. He it's not quite as snarky as Return of the Jedi. We always get a different palpatine, like the very oh you're sorry your rebel friends would never make it he's not like that in this he wasn't like that in the prequels he was his own thing and he's kind of his own thing here too he's almost redefined him again is this even even worse and self-referencing character in a great way though and like he hasn't forgotten he he's sticking to it that is the way for him
1: all right. The, the name of this new faction is called the Sith Eternal Cult, according to the uh, Visual Dictionary. That's what they're called, the Sith Eternal Cult. And I mm. want it on record. I know I've been I've been talking about this forever, and I never got to like really delve into it. and It's no one's else no one's fault but my own. But remember, I always talked about Empire's End, the chapter uh, thirty five chapter. Sure. From a lot of things
3: I've seen and been reading, Empire's End apparently now that everything's been revealed is
2: like essential
3: reading material now
2: yeah. enjoyed that too almost as homework but it, it was perfect to know and i always did i always did like just from force awakens the concept of ray palpatine in her fighting style and i was like i just buy it like i always bought it i thought the way she fought was just too much like palpatine the first one and it, it, it seemed to just be laying it out there that in that book
1: well, cause even in the visual dictionary, they have like a timeline of like everything that happens like in the entire like series from the movies that is not from anything else. And there's actually a, a marker, the deaths of Vader and Sidious bring end to the Sith conspiracy, but belief in Sith ideals continues with the secret cult on Exegol and Yuptashu in the Acolytes of the Beyond, which Yuptashu, <laughs> he's the one from chapter 35, who's like Palpatine will be reborn and yet there's people out there that still are going. And that book was published in February of 2017. And yet there are people out there to this day still saying that Palpatine was an afterthought because Ruin Johnson ruined the last Jedi. Which like, I
3: want to get into that because well, this movie I don't think does as much apologizing as you think it does. I don't think it does much. I think
1: it it I don't think it does apologizing at all.
3: It it doesn't. that that's the thing. I was like, because there's the whole Oh, the lightspeed bullet thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they call it the Holder Maneuver and say it's like a one in whatever chance. If you notice, when it shows the um the moon of Endor, where we get to see Ewoks yep. again, yep. that Star Destroyer is split in half the same way the, um, <laughs> the, the one got split in half in Last Jedi. So that's still there. Luke doesn't... I mean, Luke's that's just... So-
2: I have a it, question about that because that's one of the very last scenes. Is that is that the star destroyer that destroyed the other planet, uh, the one no. that the only? One no, there,
3: the there's a few star destroyers that kind of got out and went went around the galaxy. do no. you,
2: you
1: mean do you mean the Sith ones? Yeah. No. Yeah. Only, the, only no, because if you, I, 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 I thought it up, show it shows a few. Oh no, wait, those are first order. First order. Well, I okay, there's something the the visual dictionary explains something regarding the relationship between the uh, Sith fleet. And the first order, but uh, one thing I I gotta say before I get into that was like Russ mentioned the the one bef- uh, the first order star destroyer that got Haldo maneuvered at the end. I like to imagine that there was an Ewok in there doing the exact same thing, being <laughs> like, "Yum, dub, no. yum, dub," as it crashes into a star destroyer. No, no, it
3: wasn't. It was the one on the speeder still. The one <laughs> yeah. on the speeder bike from Return of the
1: Jedi, which just 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 left yeah. atmosphere. He 31. got a
2: whole B-Wing or something. Like, uh.
1: <laughs> 31 years later, he's still flying around the planet like 40 <laughs> miles per hour. Um, but no, the relationship uh, – that's one thing that the movie didn't cover that I was kind of surprised about was the relationship between the First Order and uh, the Sith Fleet. Was It seems that Allegiant General Pride was deliberately installed in the First Order. He was like one of these lifelong Imperial – Zealots, and it seems that only the upper upper echelons of the first order chain of command was aware of the Sith fleet. But apparently, they were always aware of each other. Because I think we talked about it, Zenger, that maybe there'd be like a confrontation between the two, like yeah. this Operation Cinder. No, apparently, the upper echelons of the first order were always aware of the Sith fleet, and it wasn't until this time that they finally made their they they made their presence known. So it kind of makes you wonder. Kylo Ren's always been manipulated and this is even stated in this too, but he was, he's never been in control. I mean, how can
3: he, when he has cunning spies like Hux that no one saw coming being the spy,
1: but no I think I think the thing about Hux being the spy was meant to be less against Kylo Ren because from the books and stuff Kylo Ren's father I'm, I'm sorry uh, general Hux's father was Brendel Hux and he was part of like the initial group from the aftermath trilogy yep. from the battle of Jakku um it seems like the Hux thing was more the fact that he didn't like that his power was being usurped by general pride that's why his line of dialogue, where he says, "I don't care about you winning as long as Kylo Ren loses," I think they should have changed that lo- that line from Ren to Pride. And it would made it would made the film a given a little bit more context and explained what was going on. But I would imagine most of the ninety nine percent of the people who will see this film have no idea who Allegiant General Pride is.
2: No, at that point, he just completely established in this film. And I also have another question about uh, as far as family heritage and expanded universe of Disney era books. And I want to talk about Poe Dameron for a second. Now, we get a lot of new background. If we're going to talk about our resistance fighters, he gets a being,
1: backstory. Look, so at, he him. Look a, at him. Look at a, get a back backstory.
2: backstory as a spice runner. So we get, we've got him flying the Falcon. He's Hanish, but Chewie doesn't like it. So he's kind of new at it. It seems, but they've given him a back runner, uh, a backstory as a spice runner with his, uh, with <laughs> space, Zam Wessel. We finally got to see her on screen. Congratulations. Uh, what do you think about that? Is that is that does that fit in with those books? I thought he grew up as like a kid of the rebellion and the resistance His and stuff. His
3: parents were I, th- one of them I know was a ridiculously good pilot. The yeah. other one I think was like a shock trooper with, like Han, but Luke huh. gave him a force sensitive tree. Yes, a <laughs> force sensitive tree. Oh, yeah. That's Sorry, right. I'm I'm really oh, writing through my memory. Spice.
1: Oh, that's what happens. No, that's legit. Happens. He gets a force-sensitive tree. Yeah, they they get like one of the
3: last few force-sensitive trees, and uh,
2: And basically, spice on it. He grew spice out of it and sold it to his buddies or something. Like, wait, uh, I thought he was like this noble character before that. They made him very too maybe too noble. Like, we gotta rough this dude up a little. I'm just assuming that he was always a good
3: pilot because of his parent. You know, parents. You know, teaching him how to be one. But well, he did go.
1: I know he did go to the, like the new Republic like training academy. Cause I think there's something in, um, I think it's in resistance reborn where wedge and Tilly's mentions that Like, Oh, like I taught Poe Dameron, like everything he knows, but in the, <laughs> in the visual dictionary, they do mention this and they say that Poe felt too confined by his life at that point. And he actually like, he kind of ran away from home in his late teenage years and he became a spice runner with Zori bliss. And that's why their that's why their romance is like Poe Dameron. I think by the events of this film, he's about thirty three, I think, give or take. I could be wrong. Um, and and that's why they do have this. Him and Zori Bliss have this kind of like weird thing going on. Was that they were like teenage lovers, and he kind of left her once things got out of hand. Like when like I think Leia got removed from the New Republic Senate during a uh, Bloodline. I think that's kind of the history. I, him being a spice runner, I think, is new to this. I could be wrong, but uh, no. His his romance with Zori Bliss is late teenage years.
3: That is something new, and I, I I I like having that as something. Like he did something else aside from oh he just went and became a star pilot and had no other you know experience. Speaking of Wedge Antilles, did anyone pick up on his cameo? And of
2: those, course, those 17, 18 frames of film were amazing. <laughs> I caught it. No one. <laughs> We all caught it immediately. I thought of all you guys. I was like, pump my fist a little. I was like, there he is. There he oh, there he goes, and that's In, it. Bye, Wedge. Yep.
1: In every showing I saw, not one person recognized oh, him.
2: Nobody. It's so. It's so fast. It's
1: oh, he's so like quick.
2: quick. My and kids kind of like, like, who was that old man? He has to be somebody. Right? I was like, yeah, that was a wedge. I like, yeah, okay, okay. Like, yeah, I was was he gonna... that He blew up two Death Stars. He flew around on Hoth. <laughs> is all you need to know.
1: <laughs> um, I have to ask you guys what, because obviously everybody knows my morbid fascination with audiences' reaction to movies, especially Captain America picking up Thor's hammer. Um, did you? Is there a specific moment in this film that got a rise out of your audience?
2: No. Ooh, uh, that's hard to think. There were, I think there were a couple, but it, they were more of the jokey moments. I think it, it, well, honestly, most of them were probably three uh, PO related or Dio related. And I got to say, the character of the little droid Dio, I I didn't want to lie. I, I didn't. I've been seeing that that toy, that remote control thing of him for a while. I'm like, oh, I don't know who this is, but as soon as he started rolling around and he just speaks basic and he seems kind of like autistic almost, <laughs> I, I love. Him. I thought he was great. I thought he was awesome.
3: Yeah, oh no, wait, I, I, wait, wait, correction. Wait. There was one moment that that my audience did cheer for.
2: Was it uh uh Lando coming in at the end? Was that the No, uh,
3: no, it was for the um it was for the claw machine droid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
3: mean, claw machine walker. Yes. <laughs> All right. I everyone want, okay. stood up and clapped during that scene. There's screaming. a claw
2: motion, two claws hitting to each other, like, yes, yeah. he's here. Okay, yeah, did, I, wait, hold on. I thought I missed him. I When I heard a mech on that planet that uh, Poe and them were on, it. that was it, right? The claw, that where they were taking slaves. Yeah. That's what it does. It picks up slaves?
3: It it was, I don't know, you
2: could see him in the background, though, like
3: the
1: it walkers was moving, it, though, and right? saw Excuse an me. arm. Excuse me, in oh, the okay. visual dictionary there's oh, an entire... Why did there's take an entire, the book away from him. <laughs> wait, wait, entire, it has a name. Yes. yes, what it is does. it? It has a oh, name. God. It actually has an entire spread. It's kind of disturbing. Yes. Imagine like it's the least sexy thing I've ever seen in a <laughs> centerfold before. What are you talking about? That kid in that commercial couldn't have been more delighted <laughs> to see that thing <laughs> reaching the trees of their campsite. <laughs> when he's not watching his father and C3PO in the tent together. Um, it is called a UATT walker. Urban oh,
2: <laughs> oh, an old UAT.
1: Of course it could all do it rolls off the tongue. Urban assault triped transport or triped <laughs> walker. So that so that, that arm's actually another leg? I don't know
2: what it is. It's called a captivator arm.
1: <laughs> so oh it, my
2: it's God. a slave grabber. It, it looks like they were, were grab, grabbing slaves with that thing. That thing is terrible. Why would any kid be smiling to see that thing? It's awful. And Kojima's gonna sue somebody
3: for metal gear reasons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, Zach. The name of the planet
2: is Kajimi. So
1: that's not only like what one or Oh my off.
2: god! Wait, that's how on the nose can this be? it. Okay, is that the planet that ate it, Zach? Because it was hard to keep up at that point. Is yes, that the planet yes. that, t- that Kijimi,
1: took it? Kajimi took one to the face. Yeah.
2: Oh, that was the weirdest planet explosion. It looked like it almost like. I don't want to be crass. It looks like it almost like tooted out a part of itself. And then it like, you were like, wait, what's going on? And then the planet just blew up. I was like, oh, hell, I, I, didn't, I, I guess, didn't know this was happening.
3: I guess the Sith uh, Star Destroyers aren't like, I mean, they can destroy a planet, but it's not like an instant explosion. It's kind of like a chain reaction one. Yeah,
2: we're just going to knock a giant hole in the back of you. <laughs> You're on your <laughs> we're gonna own. We're going to see That's what happens. Terrible. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> why it, uh, in the, the dismissive tone of Poe, he's like yep they're all planet destroyers that was one of the moments, like all right poe we'll reel it back
1: to be fair at this point if you're in the star wars universe and you hear about planet destroying weapon you're like okay we've been here before like it's like han solo okay how do we blow it up this time there's always right. a way to blow these things up that's you know it's, it's weird though because like as i was watching this and i I've thought about it now the fifth time no, no. It's the idea that, like, why do I like this movie? I don't want to make it about myself, but, like, why do I have no problems with this movie? <laughs> whereas I have such a, like, deep-seated distaste for The Force Awakens.
2: Because you've and- never seen any of this. This is very, was very original of a, a, they didn't do it the way we thought they would. It, they did it in ways that might baffle you, like, Lando, like, hustling up an entire galaxy. Which is great, but still, it's not something you expect. Now, yeah.
3: I expected that. He promised them all Colt 45s. <laughs> it's like, I got a cooler court for Colt 45s on this hunk of junk,
1: and you come help me stop this empire again. They're yours. I just like the idea that like Leia sent out a message for like help in the last year. everyone's like, yeah, we've had Whatever. enough of you already. Lando shows up, and it's like, all right, we're all in everybody bring everybody and i was kind of surprised during that final battle sequence and this is another one of those moments that uh, i think was horribly edited down but that final yep. battle takes like what 10 minutes and yep. that's kind of it and it's like okay we did it let's also, go home
3: also i'm just gonna say this um really cool with the with the star destroyer coming out of the ice and everything awesome definitely made me happy as can be what all these are trapped like in atmosphere for the entire battle that's awesome wait they all go down like little bitches
2: I felt like the entire planet of eczema that we spent a lot of time on <laughs> like, just I never quite got a sense of like what was going on where was the land like when they had to fly there I, it looked amazing especially when Kylo's flying there they had to fly through all that I don't know it's just all those like red crap. Just like flying around in the air. Like it's not space like it works in it, two it, dimensions. It just, like, just like space spooky stuff. It's like putting a bunch of trash bags out. Like, ah, can't get here. It's spooky. And I, I never got a sense though in the big fight of what was going on if they were in atmosphere. It was very, very hazy. Not saying that I didn't like that, but that part just it just made it to where like the, the battle against, I guess you say, if you're going to compare it, the second Death Star. It's very clear what is going on. Everything's kind of laid out in a way. This was just, I don't know. It's just the the way they are flying around the ships. It was it was it, it was hard. I don't know.
1: I again, I think part of that is uh, an artistic t- aesthetic choice, and I think the other part of it was that a lot of your again your establishing shots, the stuff you expect was cut for time. I think a lot again. I think this film was butchered in editing because it just feels yeah. that way. There's a lot of stuff that should be there. Like really, the most pronounced sequence. There's a shot toward the end with Palpatine. Like after he's reborn, he's like walking toward uh, Ben Solo and Ray, and then like we cut back and he's in the chair. It's like wait, how do you how do you walk like twenty <laughs> feet like in, in a span of like one shot? It's like oh, okay. Um, there's a bunch of stuff like that. That's really not, it's not even like really even focused on, because one thing that I was really like hung up about during my three viewings was, um, Kylo, Re- I'm sorry, at that point, Ben Solo's Scar disappears between, um, the ending of the, uh, Death Star debris or wreckage. And then when he shows up on Exegol and I'm like, where does Scar go? I'm like, is this a huge continuity error? And no, it wasn't until today that it kind of dawned on me. His Scar he was healed he was healed but the movie doesn't focus it spends so much time focusing on his like abdomen wound it doesn't focus on we don't even see his face healing really it's just kind of like you have to look for it it's there but um it's not focused on i think that's an editing choice they're like okay all people care about is this like the stab wound like forget his face and it's not any again like, a moment like that which you think would be a really big thing considering that like he was given that scar by ray and she eventually, she she heals it for him. you think that'd be a huge, huge, like, deep moment for the film. And it's like, nope. Moving yeah, on.
2: It, we're going to focus on the actual, like, healing moment itself of that. And I think all the scenes of that, that we've seen a lot in the poster, of, of being on that sunken death star, those, those were all great. I, I really, really liked all that. Their confrontation, going into the depths, going to the throne room and everything. Just, that was really, really good stuff.
1: Yeah, no, like I said, the, the the content of this is great. I just wish I could see all of it. Like that's, I feel like this is like once like again, we're, we're kind of like at the zero hour still of The Rise of Skywalker. But I wouldn't be surprised that give it a couple of weeks, but we're, there's going to be Star Wars fans out there. We're going to have another release the Snyder cut on our hands because there's got to be at least <laughs> another 30 minutes of this movie. It's it's out there, folks. It's I know the signs, especially when it comes to things like similarities. Oh, yeah. It's it's out there. This feels like another Justice League. There's a lot of movie out there that we're not seeing. Yeah,
2: and, and be, Disney is terrible at giving us behind the scenes stuff. They've already proven it. Like we don't know how Rogue One went down or Force Awakens, all that.
1: I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what we get out of uh, Disney eventually when it comes to home video. Maybe on the two hundred fifty dollar like twenty seven disc box set, we'll get something like that. Um, yeah. I wouldn't hold so, my
2: breath. Let's see a little Lord and Miller solo action. Like, well, that's, I a, want to that's see that. not
1: the Skywalker saga, Russ. Come on. well, bro.
2: come on. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, doing Christmas shopping today. I know you love the visual guides. Solo visual guide at Marshall's, $5.99. What a steal. It was great. What? Yeah, that's I can't like wait to just twice as as go mu- through that's it. That's almost
1: twice as much as why I paid for it.
2: <laughs> oh come on is it damn no no i'm kidding no, i'm kidding
1: no i, I buy all these when they first come out like that's all even since like when the prequels came out when i was like six years old i always uh that was like the first thing i always bought was the visual dictionary so,
2: did yeah, you know old, i, 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 I want to get all the r doves and i can't find the art of this one this is not going to be released for a little while is it
1: no what happened it's funny you mentioned that because um earlier this month like God, like December like second or third, I actually pre-ordered both the visual dictionary and the art of from a Walmart. And the visual dictionary like shipped out like Wednesday. And I'm like, wait, why aren't they shipping out the other one? Because it was supposed to be like a Christmas present. And I'm like, what's going on? So I go to like the the product page on Walmart, and they're like, oh, like to be released like March something. I'm like, what? What? Like, because my order on uh, Walmart.com, like when I select it, says like, oh, like intended like arrival date December twenty fourth. So just within the last like two weeks, they revised the release date.
2: That's that's crazy, yeah. Those are always a really big part of the marketing, at least to me, especially when you go to like a Barnes and Noble or something. You those art books, they're amazing. I have, of course, the the Last Jedi and Force Awakens. Love them both, really. You see a lot of that that TFA art book show up in this film a lot, and uh, that was really cool. I like that.
1: Yeah, uh, I was getting. I I don't know. Last time, that's weird about that art of Force Awakens. I'm, I'm sorry, Force of Rise of Sky one more time <laughs> art of the rise of skywalker book was that they were taking pre-orders for that on may 4th that was like the cover wow. of that with kylo ren and ray like like dueling and you see them like bridging uh that was that was a f- uh, may 4th reveal and this is like that's so weird to think that book's gonna take 11 months to come out yeah so I don't know if they're either taking things out of that book that were not in the final film. I would imagine there's probably a lot of things that were in that book they don't want people knowing because there is the story too of that J.W. Rinzler uh, making a Force Awakens book that was supposed to be released that got canceled. Um, I don't think they'll cancel this, but it makes me wonder that maybe there's things that they don't want us to know about, and that's what they do. Yeah. They kind of like the Art of Solo. Like that Art of Solo book makes no mention of uh the, really anything uh, that or went Lord on Miller, Miller
2: at all. Like they're I, think
1: they're I think they're mentioned in it, but like, I because I don't think you can hide the fact that the directors were fired a week before the film was finished. Um, but I, I think any sort of like subsidence, I'm sorry, substantial thing from the film, that's not in that. they they do a they do a fantastic, even like Rogue one, the the art of rogue one, the the visual dictionary of Rogue One show no hints as to the behind the scenes stuff. There's no like alternate footage or like uh, images. So uh,
2: I don't know. Yeah, it feels like it feels like other than Last Jedi that nothing really went smoothly as far as productions <laughs> go for this. And they're very weird. It, it, it they that was the big hook. You remember when Last Jedi came out? They said, We've never had to put our hand in it, and this is great, and we we love this. Ryan Johnson he, th- every director, it seemed like they had to go through heavy edits and rewrites and everybody sticking their hand in it and, and making it so you can't even watch any kind of behind-the-scenes stuff because it obviously it seemed volatile at times, especially Rogue One, especially Solo. Uh, yeah, that, that that Ryan Johnson was the one that they looked at They're like, this is the guy. He can do this. And then the movie comes out. And they're like, uh, never mind. Um, no, JJ, please come back. <laughs> well, like I said,
1: that's Okay there's something I read online Saying I have no idea how truthful It is but I want to read it right now As we um talk about Um uh, when it comes to the production things with this movie Because as of now, there's nothing official that I've read like Nothing like really that I would believe But I saw one thing today on, on a Facebook group And it's from Reddit Again, I have no idea how truthful this, But some of it rings true More the latter half But not the uh, the first half it's, The first half rings very much like a Not My Star Wars post But the second half, I could believe it Based on what I'm seeing in the film Alright, and I quote after Colin Madman Trevorrow had left the project, Ryan Johnson was immediately Lucasfilm's top choice to take over. However, uh, Bob Iger and Alan Horn weren't impressed with The Last Jedi and thought it was a step down from The Force Awakens. This prompted Iger to personally offer Abrams the gig. JJ was not a fan of The Last Jedi. Actually, that's putting it gently, he absolutely loathed it and had some serious <laughs> problems with Ryan Johnson. He only came back if he could have if he could have complete creative control. It wouldn't have to compromise with Kennedy or Lucasfilm Story Group. JJ's first move was to consult with Lucas on the story for Episode Nine. They came up with a story that had strong connections to the Clone Wars TV show, which featured the sto- which featured the Dagger of Mortis and Matt Smith as the son of Mortis, which would have been the film's antagonist. The story also used many elements from Lucas's unused sequel trilogy treatments. Disney really wanted this movie to be another Force Awakens in the sense that it will. unite. Unite all fans, and be at least initially universally loved. After Solo's flop at the box office, Last Jedi Backlash, and the decline in Star Wars merch, it was paramount for Disney to Episode Nine be a success with fans. They didn't want another Last Jedi syndrome. The film's direction changed radically during around midway principal photography. J.J. told the Disney executives that the film wouldn't satisfy and unite all fans. This is where the studio, studio meddling began, which led to the second abandonment of Lucas's ideas. Nearly every story detail from the initial script was either completely abandoned or bastardized. Palpatine was always to have a presence in the film, but not alive or as the main villain. The main villain was to be the son of Mortis. Disney feared that general audiences would be alienated as they wouldn't know who the son of Mortis was, which would make the movie harder to market, and this led to the choice of replacing the son with Palpatine, and Matt Smith was completely removed from the film.
2: Yeah, I was about Disney, to say, where, ha- ha- where was ha- ha- pause, 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 Okay, I'm sorry, go Disney
1: on. ordered extensive reshoots that went on throughout the year leading up until early October. J.J. was not happy with many of the changes that Disney made. I don't know the specifics, but let's just say he isn't at all pleased with the final product. Essentially, the majority of the movie was reshot and reconfigured this year, at the same time leaving a ton of important scenes on the cutting room floor. I don't have any more details on the making of The Rise of Skywalker other than that, but I'm hoping that this post gets people with better sources to give out more details
2: disclaimer take
1: disclaimer there's no way to verify that um i think it's it's food for thought and take it just as that it's anyone's guess at that point
2: but go ahead russ We've been hearing about Matt Smith's involvement in this, and him being what? What do we think he was? Some kind of Knight of Ren who was taking the helmet. Remember the leaks yep. where it talked about Matt Smith would be the one fighting Kylo, and he would become the leader of the Knights of Ren. Boy, the Knights of Ren! Give it up for him. We got to see him on film, posing on a plateau. We had to see them <laughs> fighting Walking down the hall okay, like- okay,
3: hold on, hold on. This is I don't I don't know if you're building up towards this, for us, but. I I might steal your thunder for a second here. If we take them out of the movie, does the movie change at all?
2: No, because they caught Chewbacca, and then Finn had to
3: say <laughs>
2: Stormtroopers. Yes, sir. Yeah, they had to leave.
3: Stormtroopers could have caught Chewbacca. Okay. Take any Knights of Ren moment in this movie, and you could easily just be like, Stormtroopers caught Chewbacca. Them searching on the one planet could have just been Stormtroopers searching. Kylo Ren battling a ton of Imperial guards. They they serve no unique purpose in this aside from being name dropped and being his little entourage.
2: No, they I were was there.
3: Underwhelmed by them, to say the
2: least. Yeah, they didn't dance. When I will say, <laughs> I thought about, I thought about you guys when we got to see the dancing segment on. Um, was that Mimbom? Was that the planet? where they dance, where the people all dance at the festival. Yeah, uh, I, was like, yeah the, I was like, yeah, I was like, Pasana. I was like, the leak was wrong. There was dancing, of course, but it wasn't the Knights of Ren. It was right after the Knights of Renzi, which was funny. It was on my mind. I was like, this is the dancing they were talking about, and it's not the Knights of Ren. But yeah, they didn't do anything. I thought they were going to fight Ray there. I don't know how you guys feel about the scene uh, where Rey, um kind of slow motion flies over the TIE fighter. What did you think about that, Their um, their interaction together?
3: Oh, oh! Hold on, hold on. This is the moment where I get to be ding, ding, ding. Zinger called something in the predictions episode.
2: That she uh, cut the ship?
3: No, that that was Ren. That the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Zach was. Oh man, I was sitting there and during that entire scene, I'm like, "Oh, that's not Kylo Ren. That's not Kylo Ren flying that thing."
1: And I'm like, "Zinger was right." Well, okay. <laughs> Considering that we've established the notion of and Zinger was right. Sure, Zinger can be right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Zanger, Zanger can be right as long as he remembers the fact that Palpatine was running on a giant spider leg. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it, um, it was. It was a, There was a bigger spider and that was just the leg coming down. Oh, I okay. Not
2: wrong. He was like a Rasta tubes hanging off of him. Like, he wasn't, uh, I don't know, that wasn't really a good chair. I liked when they revealed the chair. I expected him to be there in the scene where Ray saw the chair. But, uh... uh I'm still kind of blown away that they actually went with the Ray Palpatine. We'll, we'll get, to that. We'll get, the, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get Jumping to that. We'll get to it. We'll get to
1: it. Okay. But, but the thing, though, with, again, the Knights of Ren, I feel combined with the Kylo Ren helmet, I have I like that stupid thing I just read said, the helmet coming back makes no sense. Not even from a, like, a J.J.'s like, okay, we're going to ruin Johnson, took that away from me, so I'm bringing it back. I feel that, it's, considering that Adam Driver has long, ha- like in this, he has long hair. I think he cut his hair at some point, and they couldn't find a convincing enough wig, so they figured, well, let's make it easier and bring back the helmet. I, I just, I know the helmet well, being reforged is in the trailers and stuff. Well, it's but- the
3: whole like it's got the it's it's Sith that, that that he's brimming with Sith energy, and that the Sith, you know. Well, conceal okay. themselves. Well, and, let me. Okay, then,
1: yeah,
2: then ma- that, that, that's what he does immediately after leaving the the talking to Emperor. Right, is to get his mask reforged.
1: But then and after that, I- though, he takes the helmet off pretty much every chance. Like, okay, maybe. Instead of it being that way, maybe it's the inverse of that. Maybe all the shots of him not wearing the helmet were reshoots,
2: because was well, no, he wearing it flying the speeder towards Ray? You have to yeah, remind. Yeah, he takes him. it off when he okay. gets out. Now, I feel I felt like in the wasn't in the trailers. Didn't they show him without the helmet on no, flying you at you you I'm that I'm wrong about that. That's I the thing, Zenger,
1: that. That's a thing, Zenger's trying to rib me with right now because we don't see him flying the Tie Fighter in any of the trailers. Hmm. And when we do see him in the film flying, he's wearing the helmet, and then once it crashes, we see him walking away from, walking like, without, the, right. without it, and it's like, why? It's it's, takes, it's
3: under his arm, if you look.
1: Yeah, 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 it's there. I don't doubt that it's there. It's just the idea that, like, he takes it off and on so much, it's if like he it doesn't serve any consistent narrative purpose. He
3: has it on normally when he's around the First Order.
2: yeah 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 which i think it's more wears it to basically intimidate his own generals correct doesn't he go back and meet them at that scene with them he goes a lot further than just choking guy he he god that was awesome that was great he puts that that first order officer basically on the ceiling that was that i that really really liked that scene that was very very vader
3: I I loved how he started choking and then flipped up and slammed to the ceiling like like it was like oh he's gonna ch-. it's like no he's gonna go intense while Hux is saying her going I wonder who the spy could be among <laughs> like I'm sorry the he, him being the spy was like a wait seriously like that, that okay cool yeah sure we no, no one's gonna figure that one out anytime soon.
2: I like how he's hung around almost like Admiral Piat. Like, it's fair, you know, and he definitely gets it in the end in much a similar fashion as a Piat does where he just gets a, a pot shot to him. To uh, be taken out, whether it be by an A-wing or a uh, by a general pride blaster shot. But uh, I, 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 Hugs' arc was kind of funny in the end. When you, if you accept how ridiculous of a character he is, the way he he, he portrays it in this, in the short scenes we see him, was pretty funny.
1: I love Hugs. I love him as a character so much. Like. I, I, again, in Force Awakens, I know a lot of people don't like the beginning of The Last Jedi with the Yo Mama joke, but I still think that's infinitely less jarring than his little speech on Starkiller Base, which is easily the campiest thing Star Wars has ever done. My joke being, you can still see the teeth marks in Phasmus' armor if you look close enough in that <laughs> sequence. Um, but I, I get, it's kind of like, its he has to die like, like, like a wimp. Like, of course, he has to kind of get, like you were saying, Russell shot to the belly. Um it's kind of a shame though they didn't give him enough to do. Like it would been, I think it would have been a lot of fun if they But really he was the it. spy. He was the essential spy. I oh yeah, I know. He that no one more. could figure out that he no, was the spy. I as weird as it may sound, I would have loved the notion of him joining the resistance. I would have loved it like as they're escaping yeah, the show. Like, it's like come with us. And he's like he kinda like does one of these things like he kinda realizes every kind of like they did in Rebels with like Callus.
2: Yeah, Callous yeah, um, was the big one. Yeah, but I I would have loved that it's where it's out. like
1: and you, and you could have had some great comedic moments of like Huck's bristling, like this is like imagine him like on the like the jungle planet, being like this is where you, like I doubt that's you what I to- was
2: picturing him on the jungle planet, sitting around an old uh, overgrown rebel of ba- uh, resistance base as they sit there, and he's like, no, they're gonna go this way because of this. Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right, whatever, nerd, sit down.
1: Yeah, like that, and you see him there, like he's his perfectly like slicked back hair and black uniform, and he's around all these like smelly Resistance aliens.
2: He could it's have been three like... PO's second friend or something, like three exactly. <laughs> Right? That that's why, I mean, though. I,
1: I I don't know. Like, I think to kill him off, considering that um Dom Hall Gleason is kind of like an actor that's really kind of like up and coming now. In the last few years, like he's he's a long way from being just like one of the Weasley brothers. Uh, like it's really a shame uh, that they kind of just like knocked him off so like inconsequential. Yeah. I mean, he's we're, been-
3: we're making all these comments about, but I mean, if you think about it, it wouldn't it would have taken away from that time that because they were really establishing the whole Poe Finn and uh, Ray dynamic. Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah
3: I okay that would have stolen from
2: it. They did okay. I, I, I was I was surprised about, because you feel like these people don't know. I feel like I know Ray better than Poe ever did. You just go in <laughs> knowing that, like, you don't know. Whatever. We, we've been in with her for th- films you've never even seen, buddy. But th- their whole dynamic, I like how they tried to work on that. But, boy, I could have really done without a uh, g- guy from Lost, Dominic, whatever his name is. They, them trying to General establish knowledge. him any lines that was just that was just a buddy friend favor i want to get my friend wants to, to say something to chewbacca you, you could have put that with somebody else that was totally unnecessary totally just jammed in there as a thing where is like he, he he didn't have a name he had no purpose but he took a way too. he took a ten thousand times times frames hey, of of, you, of 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 wedge
3: you you know who could have done all the stuff he did and it would have been i think been fine
2: who Kelly Paul, Marie, Marie Tran?
3: Tran? Yeah, no, Kelly Marie Tran tra- or yeah, Matt I mean,
2: could have done
3: that. She was there for most of the stuff. I mean, not that she didn't have. Like, I feel they could have done more with her in this, but at the same time, I feel she does enough considering the last time we saw her, she was
2: like a maintenance person, she's now like somebody. Yeah, so I mean, ref- it's Billy Lord could have had those lines too. It, yeah. she's already we already love her, and we want we I would want more her to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> Or slug, have have the, slug or or the guy actually slug guy. do something. Oh, Claude, I don't know. Dude, I don't know. I thought that that the guy um the actor jeff garland remember i said that he had come out and said he was a voice and I, I assumed that jeff garland was going to be the voice of claude and he talked about he was going to be an action figure that was the hardest cut character i've ever seen i don't know I, I, he's the constable zuvio of this movie where he was just like completely he is nothing i don't i don't understand why he had anything to do with it that we we should know what this character's name was
1: all right one thing about dominic monahan's character i Born think in. he's in- Whatever Moynihan, sure. Monahan, Monahan. Um, He's actually he gets two full pages in the Visual Dictionary. His character's name is Beaumont Kin, and apparently he was. I've like known prof- that from the movie.
2: Bo- no, he Kin? Have.
1: Beaumont Kin, and apparently he was. He studied in like ancient religion, so he knew a lot about the Sith, the Jedi Order, the Old Republic. There's a lot of Old Republic stuff in this book, and. You look at the page, there's not even an entire page for Kelly Marie Tran, it's like half a page. <laughs> and I'm thinking she wears
2: that, a half moon necklace going moving on.
1: But I think Dominic Monaghan's character was gonna be somebody I don't want to say super important, but it because she even says in this that um student okay, where was it? Student of history that Kin can also read several ancient languages. When he learned that Rey had in her possession sacred Jedi texts, he jumped at the chance to translate some of them. He has become a helpful assistant to Rey, deciphering original passages as well as interpreting some of the cryptic notes left behind by Luke Skywalker. Do they not talk to each other in the movie?
2: I don't think him and Rey share a word together, do they?
1: No, but I think he's going to be one of these characters that's going to show up a lot in the ancillary media. Like trust me, when you you're going to see him because he seems like he even has a couple of lines in the movie where he's like, "Oh, I know everything about the Sith." I remember like hearing that being like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "Shouldn't shouldn't you guys be watched him a little more closely? Maybe you guys got a mole too." The mole yeah, the mole, is the mole thing runs two ways. Um but no, he is he was apparently like a professor like for the New Republic and he left before he left the Hosnian system before um the uh the
2: cataclysm. So, so I don't he's, know. Like, he's like a Dr. Afra, like a male good side yeah. Dr. Afra? He,
1: essentially. And I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. He's somebody I think is gonna have importance in the ancillary media. He's one of these characters that's introduced, um, is like kind of just like background dressing, and then right. you'll see like, in a couple years he'll be around again. Like,
2: like Laura Santeca's grandson or like a nephew or something, right? Like, you know, he's in there with the with the real like I love the elements they, they put that think about what Lando said. I know we're jumping around like crazy. we are we just switching rails like crazy on this, but you know, that's kind of how this movie's doing it anyway. So what what do you expect a Vader approach to we're, be for this? But think we're, about Lando we're
3: lightspeed skipping yes, around. You
2: know, we're light speed skipping through this thing. Think about Lando talking about him and Luke going together and looking for sith artifacts and that there is a jedi hunter who has ray and is who dropped off ray things like that let's talk about luke and lando doing doing artifact missions together how cool was that i wouldn't be
1: surprised if that's an animated show at some point i wouldn't be surprised i could see them that could be something on the streaming service you make that the new clone wars rebels did, I mean, did anyone talk-
3: else see the cowboy hat go across at the bottom of the screen when he was saying that as like a sign God. that it would be
0: a, <laughs> it
3: would be an animated series later?
0: Yeah.
3: I mean, yeah. it was
2: a great team up. Great way to keep... La- you got La- Lando in Han lore and being in Solo, and you got Lando in Luke lore, and that was... Look, I'm, this is going back. This is a very deep reference. This is going way back to the old Marvel comics between... Uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi a lot of the stories rotated around Luke and Lando doing yep. stuff together looking for Han looking for clues going on adventures getting in all kind of stuff because Han was gone and Lando had his ship and his outfit and his friend and everything so Lando was just Luke's friend and I love that they expanded on that and yeah it kind of does stink that we'd never get to actually see him together again but I, I enjoyed that little bit of lore that that was a good addition
1: yeah, I know. Even in the Visual Dictionary, Lando gets like four pages, and there's a lot of that. That history is uh, referenced.
2: Rightfully so. That's re- that's a great nugget. It's great something to expand on.
1: Yeah, no, like, uh, that sort of stuff. Again, I think that there's so much. It's weird. This movie is is doing a lot of seeding. It's doing a lot of seeding they have for ancillary No, I think. Well, yes, you're not wrong. But it's. I think there's a lot of seeding for like the ancillary media to kind of do a lot of the heavy lifting. There's going to be so many books. So many comics, so much stuff that's gonna be during this time. Now that the sequel trilogy is more or less put to bed, we're really gonna see that uh time frame between episodes six and seven like fleshed out. Did anyone
3: else know here here's a random one? Did anyone else notice the um more noticeable presence of female stormtroopers?
2: No. Yeah, I didn't really notice that either. I mean, I was listening to the voices. Push- it's the voices
3: a lot more of the spoken stormtroopers are female and i think it's to establish that it's kind of a mixture because when the one character is introduced as the um, old stormtrooper that could be lando's kid um that that's kind of established so i I just kept noticing that a lot of the spoken stormtroopers were female and i was like huh interesting
2: now, I'll bring up a couple things speaking of... And, Zach, you probably know that character's name. The, um, the, the He's got former, the visual dictionary. The, the former First Order trooper and her troop who... John, uh, John, Okay, John in John and Finn's interaction when you when they both you know have that moment when you both realize they were both former stormtroopers. I mean, I really in my head thought when she said her number and he said his, somehow they would like. I don't know. I thought they would be siblings or something. I thought something like that would happen, and they actually had a little restraint and didn't do that. And even with the Lando thing, where he was like, "We'll just have to find out who your family is," and like you don't know how to take it. Like, okay, uh, that's a. Okay, that's your last line. Like, okay, Lando's just still doing stuff. They kept, like, they didn't kill, they didn't blow up the Falcon. They didn't have Lando in it. The fake out Chewy death was a hard thing to go through. And I know, I don't know if that was ever spoiled for anybody. I had no idea oh, that was coming. I, I, I knew that was
1: coming. That was in the leagues. We talked about that.
2: We talked, to, but we, no. I've
1: kind of blanked out a lot of that
2: yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think oh. I did too. I don't, we talked
1: about all of it came crashing at once when we were in the cave, and you have the giant like sandworm. I went, "Oh no, the leaks are going to be a hundred percent correct." And pretty well, much from that point onward, I knew where the film was going. But well, didn't you just
3: recently talk to him on um on my Nerd World with John Justice, author of Embark?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Darkness. We go didn't. vote for that
2: thing. All right, Do I it. think
1: it's. A, yeah. I think it's. I think it's over. I think it ended Friday. Well, but if not, go vote for it still. We yeah, we try our best. Um no, I I hadn't have not touched the leaks since like September. But when like we did a bunch of stuff like during the summer, that was still there. I know Rob and I did an entire episode about the leaks and stuff, like in regards to the Mortis trilogy. And I and that you guys weren't there for that, but yeah, we kinda touched upon that in the spaceworm because cause Rob obviously being a big fan of uh David Lynch's Dune, that came
2: up as a conversation point. Yeah, the space worm is not what you expect though. That was I felt like it was yeah, more snake. A- it was a space snake. It was for sure a space <laughs> snake. I, I kind of like that scene. I had that moment when that happened where I didn't expect it. When they fell, I was just like, uh, yeah, about that hole." God like, you it. down here.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the chewy thing. I, I once I saw the space worm, I'm like, "Oh no, this is gonna happen." The chewy thing, like I asked you guys earlier, what got the biggest response out of your audience? That got the biggest response out of my audience the first time. Like everyone, like everybody gasped except for me because I'm like, oh no, they're actually doing this. And I thought he was dead. We
2: all kind of looked at each other like I, very yeah. nervously. Like they, they just that's how you kill Chewbacca. I was like, that's, I was, that, that I was, that was my telling thing. myself. I was trying to tell myself there was. I was like, "Well, okay, we don't. We, people maybe could take a uh, seeing Chewbacca shot and, and seeing his body. Maybe he just he dies off screen." And uh, I don't know, but when it gets confirmed, it, and even my son was trying to be like, "I I think I actually saw a second shuttle ship. There was a second shuttle ship, so that makes sense." He was trying to like rationalize it himself. After I was like, "Just don't worry. Just go with it." Well, that's the, <laughs> the thing, though.
1: I think that. Because what happens is this is more you have to understand how film editing works and in plot beats, Chewbacca die. Well, the ship the the transport ship explodes, and then like we have one scene, and then we go to another scene, and it's like a legion general. We caught a high profile prisoner in the desert, and it's Chewbacca, and it's like oh be safe. But like we have that reveal like roughly three minutes after the initial shock happened then we cut back to the three of them on the ship in the asteroid field and they're all like what are we gonna do chewbacca's dead and i'm like what what do you mean what are you gonna do he's alive and then but it's like oh wait no they don't know he's still alive then later on when they're on kijimi with babu frick and ray goes outside when she senses the star destroyer she's like guys i sensed it he's still alive i think what happened was they test screened this movie and the chewbacca the, the 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 chewbacca death was too What's the word Jarring. audiences di- no, 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 j- Well sure it was too j- or, okay, let, me, let me rephrase that the, the reveal that he was still alive Came too late Into the film and people were too bothered By that early on in the film So what I think was they reshot Not reshot they actually inserted a shot Of him being captured To let the audience know because It doesn't make sense Because you don't need that to have that sort of reveal or raise like, guys, he's still alive. There's hope for him yet. That doesn't make sense to the audience because at this point we've established numerous times that Chewbacca is still alive. Um, I think that 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 entire early reveal that he's OK undercuts the dramatic stake of it all. Um, and I think that's something they inserted. I just you, you couldn't convince me otherwise of that.
2: Yeah, that kind of makes sense. I, I, like you said, there was a lot of tooling with this, and that definitely seemed one of those things. Like, wait, what happened? Okay, wait, okay, he's okay. We got to go back. Why? Uh, Kylo Ren has his 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 bandolier and the dagger and stuff in his room. That what was yeah. going?
3: that was. Why is it seeing Chewbacca without the bandolier? I'm it gonna. Like...
2: I'm gonna get my own Wookie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, doesn't—I I don't know if it's ever been established before, but do we know what the relationship between, like, Chewbacca and Ben Solo was, like, before he became all, like, evil?
2: No, I think we just assumed they were—I mean, he was, like, his, like, like, parent or uncle or something. Like, he was taking care of him. I don't well, know.
1: I know I've read stuff that, like, after—like, once, like, Han Solo settled down with Leia, um, Chewbacca went back to Kashyyyk.
2: I mean— huh. If you want to give Chewie a good story, this, we we already know he has a family, and seems <laughs> he seems so deadbeat when we just see him in his movies. Like <laughs> we're not mentioning that. Yeah, that's it. If you going to give him a backstory, that's a, actually a good one to give him.
1: Yeah, I <clears throat> I don't know. But going back to the Knights of Ren thing, real quick, was um I was absolutely thrilled with how the Knights of Ren were used in this. Um, what you mean, the not at all? Exactly, because they're stupid characters and they never deserved <laughs> any focus to begin with. To I'm all the telling out, you.
3: I'm telling you, just put Imperial guards in place for that end fight and it's the same movie.
1: I know. That's what I mean. Those, like the, the 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 Knights of Ren, were never designed to be like forefront characters. They're called background dressing. They're there to look cool in the distance, in one shot in The Force Awakens, and they were never designed to be anything more than that. Yet the stupid fans sit there, have to just because something looks cool, we need to highlight it. And guess what? They do literally nothing in this movie except die. In one of the coolest action sequences Ever in a Star Wars film Where yeah, Rey yeah. hands the lightsaber to him After they've kind of like beat him up With their like gardening tools And yeah. he just whoops their asses Where he's impaling them, <laughs> slicing and dicing them And it's great Because that's what they are They are garbage set dressing That don't deserve time in a film I would have rather seen Hux get more time than them Because at least he's a character He's not just set dressing Do
2: you believe they I even will even say, speak? I will say, no No, they, they don't speak Oh, the, the, setting up um, Kylo Ren pulling the beads off of Rey. Now we already know from Last Jedi that uh, you know physical objects can be manipulated through this force contact they're in together. So seeing him uh, pull the beads off her is one thing, and it establishes in this film one of the. Just one of the greatest scenes, it, it, you know, just seeing the big screen is, is her put that lightsaber behind her back and that that Ben Solo has it in his hand, redeemed Ben Solo. Just a great, that was my Thor's uh, Hammer movie moment oh, right yeah. there. Like, that was it. When he had the saber and they, they the way they did it, that was that was the moment for me. No one there might have reacted the way I did, but that was my moment.
3: I, I, I li- like the little, like, nudge thing he does where he kind of, like, does the shrug. He's like, okay.
1: Let's do this. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Ben Solo
2: is a new character. I, I love Ben Solo. Ben, We saw a little bit of Ben Solo in The Last Jedi, but this Ben Solo, like it's, his, his fighting style, his mannerisms, everything's so different in this. And we only get just the briefest look at it, but man, was it cool. Oh yeah, that's that's I think that's what I like about this movie so much, and maybe I think
1: a lot of it's unintentional, but it is that brisk pacing because it's like we get Ben Solo for like you were said, like maybe what five minutes, like all of his maybe. scenes together, if that. But it's great though, even like we see him landing like the Imperial Tie Fighter on the surface of Exegol, and we see somehow. Him go- Somehow he lands it there. Explain
3: that one.
0: Hmm. Well, hmm. He knew,
3: well, he knew how to get there. He, he knew how to Explain get there. Explain how a TIE fighter was able to make that trip.
2: Yeah, watch Mandalorian episode seven. Chapter. What,
1: what? <laughs> what ha- wait, why can't he fly a TIE fighter? What's, what's wrong with a TIE fighter?
3: TIE fighters don't have light speed. Imperial class <gasps> TIE fighters don't have light speed.
1: Oh my God! You're right.
2: You fool! You fool! Oh <laughs> well, my that's God! That's landing. Oh. oh. Wait my so God, he Zinger. took. A, he took a regular TIE fighter to get there. Yeah, uh, he was he
1: stand, stranded on the Death Star.
2: Oh.
1: oh my God, Zinger! You're Oh my God! But you know what, folks? Uh, uh, Zinger gets right. 50, fifty brilliant points. I yeah. I, wow! Well done, Zinger. I I'm, I'm double that, you know? checking real quick because I'm like, Oh, no, you're right. right. You're right. I know you're right.
3: 100% sure that just regular class TIE Fighters did not have... No, they didn't. Now, why couldn't they have had him take one of the ones like Vader, like Vader's TIE Fighter?
1: Oh, thank God. I'd rather have the continuity not uh, the c- continuity break in that.
3: Not Vader's actual, but one of the, like, his TIE Fighters, because his TIE Fighter could use... Oh, I'm trying to remember what class of TIE Fighter that's called. Was it Advanced?
1: Wasn't it like the TIE I Advanced it... or something? Yeah, no, it was no, no. Tie tie... Oh, TIE Interceptor is the one I'm... Yeah, tight vans. Why didn't this have him take a tight vans? Because it's the wreckage of the Death Star. He's lucky he found one workings. You know what could have happened, too? Ben Solo was an ace pilot. He could have found a hyperdrive and maybe installed it. We can, we can all, I would imagine it probably know. was. Lo- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're You're, you're right. Um, yeah fair point but no like when he like even when he lands the tie fighter which we have no idea how he got to work and he even he goes running down like the giant like pit that opens up at the floor and he lands like the giant like chain he goes ow like like, like even that like it's such a small moment but it's like it's, it feels he's like he's broken
2: the, f- the facade at that point. He's. He's. He's not that brooding character we've seen for two and two thirds films at this point. But yeah, that did break a lot for me. I was like, all right, I, all li- right. I like Ben Solo. His all whole right, his interaction with Han is just too much. Russ, give g-
1: give us a uh, um Al from Ben Solo. Ow. Oh. <laughs> That that wasn't that good. He's got okay. Russ, I want you to think on that, and once you feel like you have an opening in the conversation, I'll let you drop that in. Okay. Uh I still thought it was funny. It's it's, 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 nothing will will ever beat the time that like we were doing something and we were talking about something, and Russ just comes out of nowhere with the like the, the the Kylo Ren. What I do, and it's like it, it was great. Like I think, I think a lot of Adam Driver is also Ray Romano. I think if you really do the right like if you do a more like hush Ray Romano, that's Kylo Red
2: <laughs> for sure. For sure, he is great in this one though, and uh, yeah, he had to drop that at the end there, but he still got a little bit of it in him. I, I'm, I'm, gonna miss that dude, man. Uh, his ending, his ending was on a, totally unexpected for me. I did not think. That we would watch Kylo Ren disappear like that so quickly, but
1: a lot, I was, I so was, much happened. I was dying. I, I guess I should say that in the last couple of weeks I've come a Ray Love. Like, I really want I wanted the romance. Boo. The end. And, and no, boo yourself. Um I was sitting there, and like, and like he's holding her, bring her back to life, and they're like staring at each other. And it's the first time in, I think it might be the first time in Adam Driver's life, we've actually seen him smile on screen. Yeah. And the way he smiles at her, and it's like, I felt like I was the girl during Avengers Endgame when Bucky and Captain America are saying goodbye <laughs> to each other. I'm like, kiss. Can I miss you, buddy? It's gonna be okay, buddy. And it's like, it happens. And like, my heart just melted. Like my my heart was both full and melted at the same time. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so perfect. And then like, he collapses in her arms. And I'm like, oh, this is like, even though I don't like, again, do, do I have to ruin this? No, it's absolutely I'm going to it's no, don't you dare. It's absolutely perfect. I'm like, oh my god, it's the tragic, like love cut short. I'm like, they did Romeo and Juliet like in the span of like 15 seconds, and it works. Like it's it, does. Ev- it works Ugh. on every se- single level. And I'm like, this is it, perfect.
2: And like there's a right? ray devotee. Like, I know she's got so much more ahead of her, but just to have that moment, I was like, it did happen. It's gone, and no one's ever gonna know except her at this point. But, oh yeah, it, it, that was a very, very satisfyingly fun moment. Yeah, it's it's delightful. It's those
1: sort of moments that, like, yes, this film was butchered in editing, but those little moments between the actors, and after all they've gone through, and this—never mind just this film—the the entire sequel trilogy. It's like, oh god, like there's so much weight to it. Like that entire like final battle sequence. Um, it's it's everything. Like you have Monster Mash, you have him like in his like in his ultimate prime. You have all this going on. You have Ray and you have Rey and Ben Solo. You have her. You have her kind of like pass out, and she has her moment where she's finally able to commune with all the
2: Force Ghost. It's it's so perfect. You have, you hear, you have Leia's lightsaber, which you just yes. found out about at the same time, and. Uh, Look, Zanger, before I move on, I know you have something to say, so just please say it. Yeah, get out, Zanger.
3: All right, so it's been established in canon that In can, according to the comics,
1: that uh, Palpatine was the one that manipulated Shmi. No, 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 pause, pause, pause. That's not true. Everybody, that is erroneous. It's one panel, one panel, and it's like Vader's having like a hallucination, and he sees his mother and he sees like an apparition around Shmi. That's not confirmed. It's a vision that we cannot confirm or deny that Palpatine put into his head. That is not confirmed. I want that drives me nuts when people quote that. That is not confirmed. I think Palpatine took advantage of Vader in that moment, considering that was like one of Vader's like 800 attempts on Mustafar to bring Padme back to life. Sorry, Santa, I know it's ahead. just that
2: it's just that whole line in episode one where she talks about going to Coruscant, and it, it's just I don't know, it, it seems weirdly set up, but I, I tend to want to believe it too. Go ahead, Zanger. I
1: didn't mean to interrupt you.
2: You took the wind out of the sails of this. I'm sorry,
1: but everybody uh, believes Zanger's premise. Humor him. If that is true, then that
3: would mean that technically that would somehow make Palpatine Vader's father, which then technically would mean that (laughs) Zack is cheering on an incest (laughs) moment between what would they be to each other?
2: Uh, what? uh,
3: Wait, no, they wouldn't be cousins.
2: They would both both... You got a Skywalker grandson and a Palpatine granddaughter. Daughter. So I Second don't know. cousins? Yeah. But first they're... cousins was removed or something. Yeah. Figure
1: out the family tree. Comment down below. I think below. they call He's them
2: saying... down south here. We call them kissing,
3: kissing cousin. Yeah, God dang it, Russ. You <laughs> ruined it. My whole thing's ruined.
1: Daddy here, Zang. <laughs> get get You're trying to root. Try...
3: <laughs> pointing You're pointing sharp- out starfighters that don't have light speed. <laughs>
1: Stupid Zanger trying to ruin the moment that made my heart melt. <laughs> I could have been I fine it. without they, it. The kiss was that. like, why? It was perfect. I, don't you dare take that moment. I, I, was, I was delighted beyond belief during that moment. Yeah, I was I love indifferent the
2: beyond belief. I love the. I've seen I see the meme of, of, of from episode three of Vader and Palpatine stand together. It's like, did you know these guys as grandkids hook up later? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, I guess they do. There you go.
1: That's great. I haven't seen
2: that yet. But I need to go yeah, find it Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, but like even going back to like she she hears all the voices, and you hear it, it's like it's some of the weirdest. They picked some of the weirdest Jedi to bring back.
2: Look, um, this was this was uh, this was where the cowboy man flew in and he was like yeah. we got Jedi voices, I got Freddie Prince Jr. I have Ashley Eckstein, I've got all of no one's favorites to play. <laughs> <the game. laughs>
3: I, I heard Samuel Jackson in
1: there though.
2: Yes, yeah, so we, we get to hear what who we hear, uh, Zach. We hear Mace, we hear Gwygon, we hear Obi. Well, I
1: have it, I have no, I, I actually scream I actually don't do this, it's not legal. I actually can you guys hear this? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I hear you.
1: Can you hear? Oh, you can't hear the audio. Okay, that's good. Um, all right, I have. I actually recorded it on my phone so I could have it for reference.
2: Oh, nice.
1: We have uh, Hayden Christensen, um, Luminara Unduli. Everybody's favorite Jedi, like Russ was saying. Oh, this one,
2: greatest.
1: <laughs> she was. She was focused on slightly in Rebels because I think Kanan and Ezra go oh. find her and uh they and the grand inquisitor has her like mummified corpse but we won't talk about that um
2: yeah. it's funny but, to think that like all the people that weren't worth showing in order 66 are like yeah they're alive sure for a cartoon
1: yeah pretty much um uh, ahsoka which means ahsoka's dead by the events of the sequel trilogy um ayla sakura we remember her from being murdered during the order 66 sequence um Mace Windu, Obi Wan, both Ewan and McDonald, and Alec Guinness, Yoda, and easily the strangest, strangest <laughs> choice here. Kyle Khoran. No, 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 no. It's stranger than Kanan. Adi Gallia. Yeah. If you Remember her from the Phantom Menace? She was one. She she was, she survived all the way to. Oh the wait wait wait! She's the one that's like the um white dreadlocks, right? I, I don't I don't even know. I I remember the name. I remember the toy. I have the toy from the Phantom Menace. But um, I don't remember I, I again I don't think she says I think she's in the Clone Wars, but she has no speaking lines in any of the films. Um again, really strange choice considering all the Jedi you could have gone with. Um Kanan, of course, is there and Qui Gon Booze.
2: I Love the scene. What was she saying? You know, come to me, come to me constantly. Yep. Like, I like how that paid off. That was, uh, yeah, we, we did. And all the thing we joked about, all the waving Wampa hands and everybody's <laughs> limbs, fl- Walrus man flying by. It didn't happen. They didn't go over the top with it. We got the voices. I was shocked, too. I, I was, that ending, I mean, there was a lot of really emotional moments in this, but that ending, too, really got me. Like, I feel like a lot of the most emotional moments, you guys would agree, are Chewbacca-related. Like, Chewbacca dying, Chewbacca alive, Chewbacca getting a medal, Chewbacca mourning Leia was the was probably the one that hit me the most. Okay, So,
1: I have to say so wait,
3: Go ahead, Zach, you're, you are confirming that Kyle Kestis is not one of those.
1: No, uh, not, Cal,
3: Calrissian, Cal, Cal, Cal no. He's not one of them. That, that I pronounced it right, didn't I? Yes, you did. But okay, that, good. It's, it's, I, a stu- so, it's a
1: stupid name, so I don't like it. Sorry,
3: I, I just was like, I pronounced that right, and I think this is one of his making... Okay, anyways. <laughs> so I was like, they could have
1: capitalized on an amazing moment for people who played the game and be like, ah, I know who that one is. But no, like even like the very... The, I guess we're really going to skip ahead now. Like, even the very end... And I don't think you guys heard me say this, but it was on one of the episodes I did with Rob, where I said there was a couple of deal breakers for me in this movie where I would get out, and w- I would get up and walk out if it happened. The first one being if Luke, if Luke apologizes for the Last Jedi, which kind of happens. He doesn't. He, he doesn't. Well, this is what John. If you listen to last week's episode, this is what John Justice was referencing. You mean he's author like, of uh, Embark? Yes, author of Embark, uh, host of My Nerd World buy his latest book, uh, Embark 2, Treasure in Darkness Now available on Amazon.com And also available on Audible Also available on Audible And uh, that's what he was referencing last week Where he's like, something happens that might upset you That didn't, surprisingly, that didn't bother me I had no problems with that But the thing that did happen in this movie That I know Rob and I discussed it Was the ending with What's your name, love? Rose Rose Dawson and the whole time Wall's happening, I kinda like started to pull my hair out. I'm like, movie, stop. Don't do this to me. You gave me everything I wanted. You gave me Monster Mash and the Graveyard Smash. Don't do this. Not like this. Not like this. And it's like Ray. And she sees like force ghosts, Luke and Leia. I'm like, don't say it. So there's actually a really fun video online. I might have to insert the clip of it here. Um, it was an audience; someone filmed the audience during that moment, and it's a bunch of Raylos. And the whole time, they're like, "No, no!" You actually can hear like a bunch of like seventeen-year-old girls cursing in the audience. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's absolutely hilarious. They're like, "No," they're like, "F no, don't do this," and um, it's it's hysterical.
0: one for so long. Who are you? I'm right. Not you. Don't
2: do that. Not you. Please, please, don't oh God.
0: No. Don't, don't, no. Don't. Please go. Don't. Race Skywalker. Ah!
1: I think that's probably the one thing most people will agree upon is that that Ray Skywalker thing is just so hokey, like it is hokey beyond belief. Like I like in retrospect, like now that I think about it, I kind of like it, but
2: like it, I like it's it what, as a as a character that has been lost yes. through all this. And and what you're going to find out, you're actually a Palpatine. And look, you know, she called Leia her master. She called Luke was once her master. She gets it. She if you've gone through what she's gone through, and look, I, I gotta say one of the 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 biggest smile moment for me in this movie besides emotional Chewbacca moments when when Ray picked up that piece of metal and flew slid down the sand in the Skywalker place, it's like that cheered me up immediately. I was like, oh wait, we, we are right back to what made us love Ray in the first place, and I love that. I was like, she didn't. All of these stupid things that had happened to her over these three movies, she still is kind of the same person. And through that moment, that was that might be my favorite moment. And this and the Twin Sons with BB 8 mirroring uh episode seven great, great stuff. So I'll forgive the taking the Skywalker name for that.
1: Well, I know the weird thing though is that, like, I don't I think I even said this back. Like when we recorded that like months ago, like on paper, I have no problem with Ray taking the, the the name. I have no problem with that. It's all a matter of execution, but it's the fact that it plays out like verbatim like titanic like i will i am going to do a like cut and play both of them back to back
2: oh see i didn't even yeah okay oh what oh god i get it now jack dawson rose dawson that that's titanic. what i mean like i All right, yeah I didn't, I, so i didn't even put that together and I, i've seen that film like
1: okay. that's the only thing though is that like that's the sort of thing that drives me nuts it's like i get it. if you're gonna steal steal from the best
0: been no one for so long. Who are you? I'm Ray. Ray who? Right style
1: It's just the execute. There's so many ways of her taking on the Ray, like, I'm sorry, her taking on the Skywalker name, like, that isn't just so, like, it hits you in the face. Like, that's the only part of this that, not that I would change it, because I like the, again, I like the idea, but it's just the execution of it's just so, so hokey.
2: Can, can I we'll point say- out
3: something real quick? Yeah, sure. So if she had been like, I'm Ray, Ray Palpatine, and the woman's like, <laughs> wait a second. Isn't that that AI that's been taking over the that took over the galaxy like forty years ago? Get
2: him. (laughs) My son plays Fortnite. I heard that message. Okay, that is not cool. I'm glad they took those guys down. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Ray doing that. Yeah. Okay. It was a a little a little hokey moment, but I I do think that what what led up to that with Ray. I think they did a good job of ending. I love look. When Obi Wan's looking, you know, when I mean not Obi Wan, when when the Larses are looking at those twin sons with Luke in their hand, that gets me every time. And I think Ray kind of walking away, and the, we get two. I think there might be more, but I think we are left with two threads from this film that are going to lead to future projects. One is those lightsabers buried in the sand, sure. Um, and the other being Finn never telling Ray what he wanted to tell her when they were sinking yeah, in that what is thing. It? Yeah, when he was, like, uh, whatever. that hole? Yeah, when he was falling down that hole. um, I I tend to think, and I've read stuff, I'm sure Zach has returned to Reddit at this point. I think a lot of people think that it has to do with Finn maybe saying he's force sensitive this this may be a john boyega almost thing he wanted to add because he he does seem to know some things he shouldn't and zach has seen the movie a few more times than us so you might be able to back that up that that, that he, finn is kind of calling his shots a little more force sensitive than someone else would be senses when ray dies he And he also knows what ship is suddenly uh, controlling the rest of the fleet when the satellite thing is uh, averted when they realize they're attacking Well,
1: that. that's there's pretty obvious. Like well, that. that's that part's pretty easy because it's the only first-order Star Destroyer.
2: It's and the there's a
3: giant sign pointing to it that said, this one's controlling it. It's <laughs> it's sure. and, this, this.
2: The, the and the identical antenna is on it. I guess you're right about that. Look, the lady on the horse was impressed. <laughs> <be> impressed.
3: <laughs> what happened to those horses, <laughs> by the way? They went back to the dropship. I think they just all jumped off the side of the ship. <laughs> they just vanished at one
1: point. How That's, cool would have uh, been
2: if it was blurgs, right?
1: Come on. <laughs> oh no, no. Oh Zenger, what do you think of the the very very brief uh porg? It made
2: me up? so happy. Oh, I, <laughs> I was like, I thought... yes,
3: Porg. The, the second they they showed where she went to, I'm like, if they don't show porgs, I riot. That, <laughs> that was Zinger's t- equivalent
1: of Ray and Honestly, uh, Ben Solo kissing.
2: Things were happening so fast that I was like, I didn't really re- realize where we were when it was happening. And I was like, oh, we're back at Octu Oh, Zinger's going to love it. The ports are back. <laughs> there's ports. there's an atmosphere. Star
3: Destroyers, this is Zinger's movie. Yeah, it was great.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay so the the luke skywalker force ghost Uh, one thing i just want to bring up that drove me nuts every single time i watch this is they deliberately don't show his right arm because i'm like what's the right arm is it gonna be his real right arm is it gonna be the the robotic right arm none of your
2: your dang business it doesn't
1: doesn't show it it. It makes me it frustrates me i'm like what's going on like is it just a stump like do you not get like is there no like, I don't know, health uh, healthcare plan in the afterlife that helps repair your your chopped off limbs? Is that is that mean there's I a force goes like limb somewhere? That yeah, yes,
3: that, that that he's sitting there and every now and then a force goes limb will float by and I'll try to grab it <laughs> to be able to put it back on.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, that's good, Russ. Hit. Yeah, in a perfect world, we are going to get some kind of special editions of these. Remember, everyone was like, well, how come when Luke disappears his hand doesn't fall on the ground? And, like, yeah, they've left exactly that open to where, yeah. yeah, it's a total McClunky moment, man. we get a...
1: <laughs> McClunky. Around, right? Ah, uh, yeah. But so, when we think of that whole thing of Luke coming back, and the fact that even, like, a Force Ghost Obi-Wan, Luke had to sit down because he got tired.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. It was so great to see him back, and the hair was spot on. I liked the way he looked. It was uh it was. I liked it better. I was more surprised by Harrison Ford. I was not expecting Harrison Ford in this. What film, did so. uh, what
3: what did they give him? What oh. did they give him well, oh I had-
2: <laughs> a bigger chunk of Indy four or five or whatever it is coming out. Indy five, probably a bigger chunk of that.
3: By the way, not a Force ghost. Want to make sure that we establish that. Yeah, not a Force ghost. Not
2: memory. Oh, Just did you – oh, No,
3: speaking
1: of speaking of which, I saw somebody, because they were talking about the uh, the Finn being Force-sensitive thing, and, like, Russ was, like, hinting at. I think J.J. confirmed that on – I think somebody uh, – he did some interview somewhere, and he confirmed that. That's what the question he was going to ask Ray. Um, but somebody made a point saying that, well, Finn's Force-sensitive – like, it's the thing about Maz Kanata says in The Force Awakens, that, like – all force users don't have to be like warriors. What if Han Solo was force sensitive? The way he was able to kind of talk his way out of anything, his luck... his piloting, yep, it it could, there, yeah, could be possible. That not, that, I'm not saying he's a force ghost, like he's all sparkly glowing. He, he isn't though. He's a memory. It's point. They made sure to have him say
3: that line. Of, sure. Of um, of your of him saying you're just a memory. Just and I swear that was put in there as some. Some um uh, uh, pitchman zinger or, or writer <laughs> zinger was sitting in the room being like, "We have to put this in there." but it doesn't just trust me on this. Put this in there now because I don't want to have
2: to deal stupid with stupid nerds. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to deal with the dumb nerds. And Ben Ben Solo or, or Kylo Ren is always imagining his father as he's got a five o'clock shadow, which is so weird <laughs> for Han Solo. He's so unshaven. He's way more unshaven on Force Awakens. He did not die like that. It's a very weird memory for him to pull up. It's almost
1: as if Harrison Ford didn't want to get prepared before right, shooting. Right, right.
2: Oh, actually You know they had the CGI the earring out. Like he's like, I ain't taking it out, <laughs> and he's CGI it, and he's like, okay, okay whatever. They the just CGI
3: stuff. all the clothes on him. I'm pretty sure it seems like, I'm just wearing what I'm wearing today. You right. guys
2: can right. Right. Put it on. Yeah, he's like Alec Guinness in Empire Strikes Back, where we probably filmed it in Bermuda on a beach. Where he's like, well, I'm just a floating head. Just put my head on a body, and I'll just film it from here. I'm not going to the desert or a puppet studio again.
1: I like the I love the idea of a Harrison Ford floating head just like floating around. It's almost like what, like the Simpsons and Mr. Sparkle just goes around yelling <laughs> at people. <laughs> Mr. Sparkle. <laughs> it's like you can, but the weird part too is they couldn't get Harrison Ford to even. Like they're kind of just like having Harrison Ford parrot his lines. And it's like Mr. Ford, Mr. Ford, say Kylo Ren is dead now. Who's that? This is Adam. <laughs> No, Mr. Ford, no, he's playing the character Kylo Ren.
2: Go to hell! I thought, I thought his name <laughs> Get was off ben. my plane! I missed you when you were Ben. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's make him think Adam is actually named Ben. And then that'll actually work. That would be perfect for like this scene. And he's gonna throw a, And that was emotional, man. Like, yeah, they this- were yeah he throws his his, his Kylo Ren saber. and they kind of go through the same scene again, We're like, well, you know, you can't kill him again. you're not going to fool me twice. So, <laughs> and, and he throws his he actually throws the lightsaber away. and i I really like like that whole interaction. I, I was too. I was happy. I was like, f- they that was a good way of doing a redemption. And, and this movie is very. J.G. did a good job. He did not repeat Return of the Jedi, which is very tempting to do. And even seems like that. It wasn't Revenge of the Sith either. Very, very original. Even it's breakneck. I mean, you, my wife went to the, my wife had to take my youngest son to the bathroom at one point. You know what she missed? Darth Ray. the movie. No, she missed Darth Ray. She missed the Darth Ray scene. I was like, which was. Oh, my God. I was like, couldn't you? Could I was like, because we were all talking about in the car. I'm like, oh, in the Darth Ray scene where Ray had to fight herself. And my wife's like, oh. Wait, I'm, that was when Alex went to the bathroom I was like, oh, she's like, I missed Darth Ray. how fast did that happen? I'm like, it happened very fast <laughs> and you, It's like, as close as that bathroom is You missed, like, over, she's like, dang it Man, I going like, go back and see it now
1: I think you, can, like, sneeze during this movie If you miss half the plot, it's like, and you miss Lando, it's like, okay, we'll see him next time
2: I thought there was Sith Troopers in here No, 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 there was one, and he's gone <laughs> The Sith so, Troopers are there for a they-
1: they're there for a couple of moments. Like we see them on the bridge of like one of this like the Sith Star Destroyers, and we see them fighting on the surface of the first order yeah, star. But Destroyer. We get,
2: you don't get any kind of like even throwaway explanation like we should have used clones. No, but these are been generically you know these are children. It's like no nothing. We get a little bit all we get really is talk of clawface stealing kids. That's <laughs> all as the only like backstory of these fighters is that that's what clawface is there for. Yep. These are all that matters.
0: Supposedly,
3: like a lot of these troopers were like, like the like loyal. Like uh, somehow, there's the first order, and then there's this sect of the empire that retreated too. I'm like, how much of the empire was left? Good God! All right. Uh, oh no! Hymn wait! No no no, 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 wait, no, wait no, no! 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 Wait! No! Wait! No! Wait! Buck. No! Wait! It's because the Sith had influence out in the unknown Region, so that's how they were able to recruit so easily.
2: Yeah, there's sure. nothing else going on. Hey, I didn't catch in any. That, Boys and now references. he's gonna ruin it.
3: Now, now, no, no, no,
2: no, it's no asty. Perfect. Nothing. Uh, did, any Beastie Boys references, Zach, in your three viewings? Uh, I'm no, I'm not. I'm not a huge Beastie Boys fan, so yeah, me no I missed them. I think you need a Benadose out there to make that happen, and they weren't really in this one. Surprising for JJ. Uh, there was one. There was
1: one. We saw like Syrenali like flying an X-wing at one point.
2: Yeah, yeah, we got Sy really-
1: Kai. Yeah. I don't know. All right. This is from the the book. Phanat- okay, uh, the Empire spent decades attempting to strip individuality from its soldiers in order to create fervently loyal extensions of the Emperor's will. Much trial and error had occurred during the Clone Wars, with Darth Sidious dismayed to discover that genetically engineered soldiers still exhibited disconcerting amounts of free will despite their numerous alterations. Though Sith troopers having are not those cl- damn motions, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that, Zegger. <laughs> They won't stop talking to each other about how they feel. <laughs> that, that's another fantastic robot chicken sketch just waiting to be made. Um get to it, folks. We gotta start now we actually have like listeners that like us. We have to start like petitions. We have to start like mobilizing the Knights of Vader fans, being like, get Zenger his writing position on robot chicken.
3: Yeah, also get 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 me rehired by Robot Chicken after they fire me at the first week. Yeah, no.
2: <laughs> We just need to break, break into Disney somehow, and, and, <laughs> and somehow we got to glad hand them some way, and they're going to let us do something, something out there. We All take
1: right. it hostage with a giant claw machine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, continuing on. Though Sith Troopers are not clones, they undergo flash imprinting and loyalty conditioning built upon an advance beyond Kamino and procedures of earlier generations. This makes them far more loyal and machine-like than even the trained from childhood stormtroopers of the first order. The best of the sith troopers are elevated to the rank of sovereign protector, forming a cadre of elite royal guards stationed in the amphitheater housing, I'm sorry. Uh, forming a cadre of elite royal guards stationed in the amphitheater housing the throne of the sith. So those ones that, that Ray kind of yep. just picks off easily are called sovereign protectors. Yeah,
3: you know those elite troopers that are so well-trained that she had so much trouble with, you probably
1: blinked and missed it. <laughs> oh, wait, I was saying that out loud again? Yes. Oops. Apparently, the uh, according to the book, the affiliation of the Sith Troopers is Sith Eternal. Hmm. <laughs> Not just Sith, but Sith Eternal. How about that?
2: And one thing we haven't talked about is the idea that the, you know, Master Mash himself brings up of, of Kylo Ren and and Ray being, what is the DIA, a dyad in the Force? Yeah. You know, what, dyad, dyad. The a dyad in the Force where it, it hasn't happened in generations where two Force users are connected in such a way that they amplify, which. Makes all the you know the Mary Sue and look I can say that all right I'm the biggest Ray collector I've got the Mary Sue-zium, all right so like I can I can say this thing um, God, God
1: damn it, it, it Russ you're so clever you you're too clever for this podcast get out of here you're too good for us you elevate
2: us too far it, you say- it makes. It, it, you look back and you go, you think about everything that happened with Rey after her and Kylo Ren connected. And you go, how is she doing all this? How is she doing all this? And they explain it. They actually explain it. And it, it's perfectly displayed in the scene where they're facing off after he she takes down the TIE fighter and they're fighting over the ship. And I did not expect any kind of scene like that, of fighting over a ship, flying in the atmosphere, and then a lightning getting shot at it, and it blowing up. I mean... Talk about intense scene, but thinking about any time they are together and what happens—it's it, a great, that's cool new original Star Wars stuff, man. I love that. Yeah, you know, holding the ship with the force—it's not like that's oh, ever
3: been geez. done before. Force <laughs> unleashed. Oh, sorry,
2: got a yeah. You get your force unleashed. You, you. I know, your I your do. I was like, and you gotta <laughs> love it. it. It happened on screen, and even even the prequels didn't like the prequels did a lot as far as ridiculous force stuff, but they never really did. St- besides, you know, Clone Wars and other stuff. Actually, d- controlling ships and atmosphere and stuff. Uh, good on them for doing that and showing that this is a unique, powerful duo worthy of a story being told.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ross, R- can you can you repeat again? What's what's the what's your ray collection called?
2: Ah, uh, the Mary Suezeum. Sure,
1: Sanger. <laughs> God bless you for having, for introducing Russ to this podcast, or however Russ found us. And I, whatever it took for you to convince yeah. me to have him on here. It was you know what it was worth it all for this,
2: just for this alone. It was Damn. worth
1: it. boy I am
2: not and this is my my, well the second time I record the show I'm not in the the Mary's Museum doesn't exist anymore it's it's all it must be rebuilt it must oh it will be we'll improve it it'll be faster better you know what you should (laughs) put on it more more cans of cream of mushroom ray soup
3: No, no no you should put a like planet destroying gun on it
2: (laughs) <laughs> my really sister Star Wars day, uh, i saw my sister-in-law downstairs and she had uh, a couple things and it was a forces of destiny ray like barbie doll thing and i was like sure. oh what do you have uh, she has a daughter i'm like oh you bought that for uh, her she's like Oh, you weren't supposed to see that. It was a Christmas present. I was like, I have that. I was like, I have two of them. He's like, well, you're getting another one. I was like, have a daughter. Give it to her. She's like, you give it to her. It's yours. I'm like, all right, whatever. Conversation over. I I got Got some of the forces of destiny figures. I'm trying to remember which ones, though. It's a great Leia and like wicked one. There all yeah, kind of yeah, weird. yeah. I know, I know that was Leia and R two one. That's pretty cool. You I'll find them all for like a nickel now because <laughs> no one ever bought uh, them. Can I
1: can't figure out like Russ. What piece of Ray merchandise don't you have?
2: Oh, oh, lots, lots. I'm working on. it. It's just it's just too much. It, it's it's completely impossible to keep up with. It's 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 too much. It, it'll always be something there. Okay. I gotta figure out. Everything. Is it? It's just Dan and Yogurt in the store right now. That is, it's <laughs> everything. It's too much.
1: <laughs> I was thinking about things that were non perishable by like where your head's at. Oh, like,
2: no, Re-Los, but I, I watched the other, of course, there's like black series that I missed with Last Jedi and stuff. There's always variants and stuff. It, it, it never ends with like a, like a main character in these movies.
3: Brailo's the Ray serial. Yeah, I've got a couple of
2: race serials. I was joking.
3: <laughs> I know. There, it,
2: is, it exists, though.
3: So, other random people I kind of was... Oh, actually, something we haven't talked about. So, um, C-3PO's whole storyline. With him having, like, the whole Sith language that he can actually read it, but the Senate wouldn't allow droids to speak it.
2: They did a surprisingly good job of conveying that kind of convoluted... Uh, Plot thing, with just yep. the way he did it. Yeah, they did a pretty good job with three PO. If this is the last movie we see him in, he uh, good job on him. He C three PO was promise. actually entertaining in this movie, and he did a great job. And Bobble Frick, uh, was best supporting C three PO actor, definitely. Bobble Frick
3: was
1: re-
3: great. I really enjoyed the point where they all turned and looked at three PO, and then he turned and looked <laughs> behind him, like there. Okay. This move, this one had humor in it, but it wasn't bash you over the head humor. No. Like like some of the other movies have had. It was like subtle. Yeah, it was it was subtle, which is nice. Like I thought it was really interesting the way they did all of Leia's stuff since it was kind of retroactively done. And if you want to point in the movie, I don't think has an issue with its pacing or any of it. Like Zach and Russ have been talking about like how the movie seems chopped up at points. None of her stuff seemed like it seems like everything with her was very like done well and I thought that would be the points where they would have some choppy bits but I mean everything she did seemed fine
2: I
1: the first time watching it every single scene with her took me out of it I found it so jarring I
3: Uh,
2: I, it was maybe
1: I mean maybe I need another viewing
2: I feel like they built it around it but I I I did. I, I did feel the loss that she was gone. And I could tell that this was a Force Awakens kind of stuff. And I, I appreciate that they did it. And if you're not maybe as far, as hard in as much as the three of us are, where we know what's going on, you know, we, we know she's been gone and she didn't film any of this. And this is kind of cobbled together. The choices of making, like, when she passes to be under a sheet, a, a respectful um she disappears under there very emotional and showing a younger version of her
1: <gasps> uh we'll get to that we'll get yeah. to that sure
2: we, we can get like, right
1: now no no no, no i want to talk about the the actual leia stuff not though no, the flashback scene was incredible yeah I, I, ahead, I, I didn't expect to love that as much as i did but um no the leia thing I, yes of course carrie fisher is no longer with us but like watching not peter cushing in rogue one i have no problem with that like i know i'm i know he's not alive, but I'm not as taken out of the movie. The thing that takes me out of the movie with this is I think it's less like, I know a lot of people don't like the uncanny Valley, but this was even worse than that because like, it's so obvious. Like when we see Leia talking to people that just like, there's small things that like her, like how she's looking at certain, like, like when Ray's talking to her clearly that in the original force awakens footage, she's talking to Han most of the time and she's not talking to Ray. And this again, Daisy Ridley and Harrison Ford are two different heights And it's like oh like it, There's small things like that Where it's like okay her, her eyes shouldn't be Looking in that position and I know that's like a, a Monumental nitpick um, But just there's small things like that just kind of took me out Of it like when she's talking to Greg Greg Gunberg, where he's like everything's great Everything's oh, fine boy. And it's like okay I, I, it Takes me out of the movie
3: and that's That scene like, just took me out of the movie just with that This whole interaction was just like Why
1: are we doing this well, yeah, like it's, but again, it's kind of like they, they had a thing that worked with Leia they went with for it. I'm not yeah, gonna they blame had, them for they that. They had
2: the, a very, very small amount of footage to work with. And if they could put it in any way to make it make sense, and yeah, it took me out too, because I know she's not there, but I, I appreciated it being there. But huh, I, I do like the, the wrinkle of Leia as the master, though, and Leia knowing something yes. about the force and all that. That was really, really good.
1: So some of the Leia stuff is just really. I said I it kind. It takes me out of the movie, though. It, but I don't. I don't mind it. Like Russ was saying, that it was kind of there for necessity. They can't. They, again, I don't blame them. They wa- You have to include Leia, especially that she's still alive by the events of the Last Jedi. Um. But the thing that really kind of. And I knew this was also. I think we talked about this. I know you and I did, Russ, about the idea of there being the flashback between Luke and Leia. And um, that was. I remember back in the during the leaks, that was supposed to be the prologue. That yeah. was supposed to be. The, that was supposed to open the film. So, like, that was one of the few times, like, we see, like, Luke's telling Ray about, like, like, there's something my sister would have wanted you to have, and she goes to his little hut, and she pulls out, like, the brick, like, the false brick that has something behind it, and we see the lightsaber, and I'm like, oh my god, they're doing it, they're really doing doing it.
2: And, and I, Leia has Leia has a very cool looking lightsaber and I will say I have to ask this. Now, we're not used to there're never flashbacks in Star Wars. We get the first time this ever happens is Anakin's dreams in episode 2 and episode 3 about things happening and that was a more of a force thing. We see Rey having the vision when she touched the lightsaber of the past, the present, the future, but it it's are, are, are flashbacks primarily a Luke Skywalker vehicle at this point? Because Heat or Ben, maybe Ben's, maybe uh, Kylo Ren also when he talks about the temple. Because we never see flashbacks unless Luke is talking, or and then we are allowed to see actual flashbacks of Star Wars.
1: Uh, I, I think you're right for the most part. You know, the only other thing I can think of is in the beginning of this film, where Kylo Ren touches the Vader helmet and he senses all the stuff he sees, like he, killing Han Solo. He sees all sorts of stuff that there's that, but that's kind we of
2: forget, we do see Han's death again in this film, don't we?
1: Yeah, he touches the uh, Vader's helmet very early on in the film.
2: And that's what we we did call that in the trailer that that was the the Vader helmet when they were inadvertently fighting. how How weird of a fight scene was that where you have Ray aboard in Kylo's chambers, basically, and he realizes where she is. How does he realize where she is? Because what is the, the helmet? The, the Vader he helmet. sees the helmet, right?
3: The helmet materializes through their whole force interaction on like right beside him.
2: Right, he's like, "Oh, well, there's only one place that could be. Uh, go there."
3: But yeah. don't look in my closet.
2: <laughs> I totally told you guys to stay out. It's fine this time.
1: But no like going to the Luke and Leia Like training sparring sequence Oh god it's again it's one of those Moments that like on paper it sounds Horrible like oh no we're getting a flashback Oh geez but how it's Done like we have Force Ghost Luke Telling Ray about like Leia's Like last moment of training to be A Jedi we have the Luke Yoda Dagobah music Swelling in the background As they're sparring like in the jungle at night And we see these two like masked like figures like sparring and we then we cut to like leia like what's the word i don't want to say disarming but kind of forcing luke down he like pulls the visor up and we see young luke then we see young leia do the same thing as the music continues to swell and in this whole time luke's narrating and telling about like the the grand vision of her life leia had that she saw the final moments of her life and it was all like in the pursuit of saving her son or protecting her son
2: It was the last night of her training. (laughs) Leia told me that she had sensed the death of her son at the end of her Jedi path. She surrendered her saber to me and said that one day it would be picked up again by someone who would finish your journey. A thousand generations live in you now. But this is your fight.
0: You'll take both sabers to Exico.
1: It's kind of the, the exact opposite of the Ray Light, I'm sorry, Ray Skywalker moment. Like you have two ideas that both kind of on paper sound horrible. What one, one? Okay, I'm sorry. You have the Leia Luke moment that sounds horrible on paper. Yet you have the Ray Skywalker thing that doesn't sound too bad when you hear it as an idea. But it's like it's all in the execution of it. And I think that's kind of the I don't want to say brilliance of this film, but I think that's one of those things this film really knows how to like knock out of the park. It's the idea that it takes these ideas that kind of sound really Low rent on paper And it's able to elevate it Whether it be through the market um, The music The the acting Just all these different like components That it really is greater than the sum of its parts
2: Certain moments of this film Yeah this flashback works so good for me I mean I it, I know we had' even talked about it and it was supposed to be early on and I, I did all the flush out a lot of those leak that leak talk, but seeing it actually, I was like, all right, and they're doing it. oh, they have blast shields over their faces. so okay, they're kind of playing it safe and just announcing that it's them. But when he pulled that 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 visor up and you saw you know uh, our cleft chinned hero, Luke, looking into all his Luke glory. It looked like when Vader's helmet blew off in the cave scene, almost, is Luke's face sitting there. You're like, yeah, that's him, that's him. Leia, eh, a little bit off. Uh, not the worst Leia. I, I actually thought they did a very good job of, of, of her Force Ghost, which has to be a hard thing to design. You know, they, they got the Luke one down because he's alive, but the Leia Force Ghost... I like the way they went with it, with the white outfit and everything. It, it just worked. I it made the the end work better for me seeing that as well. Well, I think the Leia
1: the Leia Force Gross is pulled from uh, the Last Jedi when we see her coming through the door when she's she uh, stuns Poe. She's wearing mm. all she's wearing all white in that sequence, and I think that because mm. I, mean, I, I know JJ said that like, oh, we pulled a lot of footage from the Force Awakens, but we also pulled some things from the Last Jedi. And I think that's probably the one thing they took from the Last Jedi because she's wearing this very white, like, hospital gown that makes, under the certain, like, a certain amount of like lighting and digital finesse, it makes her look very angelic.
2: Yeah, they made her look almost uh, re- very reminiscent of of Star Wars the motion picture, but also you have to look at it and go, no, it's not the same. It's a little different. It, it looks a little more regal. It's it's very good. Uh, that ending, I, I don't know what they're leaving it open for, if they're leaving it open for anything. If we're going to be old men talking about some some young up-and-comer digging up lightsabers or something, I, I don't know where they're going with it, but uh, I was okay with everything as far as that went.
1: Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love that, and even the whole thing that happened. I think, I God, it's been years now. This is before even the Last Jedi came out. There's a recording somewhere of us talking, and I sit at one moment like, oh no, there's gonna be a moment in the Last Jedi where like, Ru- like Luke finds his spirituality again, and he's going to raise the X-wing out of like the waters wow. on, like, on Octo. And I'm like, it's gonna be so horrible. It's gonna be, and, and, and the music's gonna swell. And I'm like, it's gonna be so cheesy. Like, I, I forget when I said this was sometime. I think maybe in the summer of 2017, or maybe like the fall. And I'm like, but like as I'm watching it, like I said, I'm like, this works. Like you have yeah. Luke raising the Yoda's thing, Yoda's music
2: that- playing, the same music from Empire. It, it worked really, really well. And I like the idea. Then you again, like Force Awakens, you get to see Ray. Ray in in Force Awakens wearing that helmet, just sitting there eating her her puff bread, her portion one quarter portion. Oh, we never got any closure on that poor guy, but we get to see her wearing that helmet again. <laughs> <laughs> Flying red five, and and they're calling red five out. That 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 Luke's ship, it, it basically leads them to where they need to go to follow her on it. I that was great. I, I love that his ship actually still worked, and they pulled a lot. Of, yeah, you were talking about the Ryan Johnson punches they did. That was another one. Like, nope, his that, ship is still works fine.
3: If if there is one moment that's the biggest, like Last Jedi, like apology moment that like. I I, th- I think that that would actually be it. the whole him raising the
2: thing the the X-wing and everything. I think catching the lightsaber might be the bigger I, one too. No. Where that just It yeah. was good. That was good. Uh I like my kids were a little confused too. You had to like be paying attention. You had to literally know that if we're talking porgs, we're talking Octu cuz they're like where was she and why was she burning that ship? And I was like, "Well, she took that ship." She from Kylo, limits. and she went to Octu with the the same intention as Luke, is to leave everything behind in a very strange time, and to have Luke, you know, turn it around, and be the Luke we kind of thought we would see.
1: It's somebody who I think I've spent a lot of time complaining about how, like, when it comes to, def- not complaining, defending The Last Jedi... I had no problems with any of this. I, right. I thought it was phenomenal, him grabbing the lightsaber. Because I think, I swear to God, the people who don't like The Last Jedi have not finished the film, because <laughs> by the end of the film, that's Luke's entire arc is him rebuking everything that he's done prior to that. He, his appearance on Crate, is all about him acknowledging what he, he's been doing the wrong thing this entire time. And I did, get- it
2: was more, it was more, a more powerful gesture what he did at the end than anything he could have done in his own physical form, you know. Well, yeah, because that he was an amazing feat
3: cuz he does exactly like like he makes the comment earlier in the movie, oh, what do you want the legendary Luke Skywalker to go face off with the entire first order, you know, and battle them single-handedly and what does he do? Faces off with the entire first order and battles them off single-handedly. It's like he in that film has his redemption moment
1: of he realize he has to go become the legend everyone knows he is. But at the same time, like you said, he doesn't compromise that. Like, he, like even toward the very end, when Ray, like he's like, uh, this isn't going to go. Th- I'm sorry. When they're fighting in the rain, he's like, this isn't going to go the way you think. And she hands him the lightsaber one final time, and he rejects it. And that's the whole thing: is that like Luke did what he had to do to save the galaxy, but he also didn't have to compromise his ideals in the process. Yeah, it's everything you could ever want in a Star Wars film. And yet you have a fan base that's just so upset the fact that he wasn't physically there that they just cannot get over that. That That's everything that they've wanted, yet for some reason it's just they're stuck on the fact that he's not physically there. And it's like, I don't get it. I
2: really don't get it. Yeah, but, um, you don't realize how like how much that also advances the character of Kylo Ren and Ray, and there was all, it, it boosts so much stuff at the same time as being what it is for Luke's character. That, yeah, it's, te- it's definitely it was a good way to go. It, and it we see a lot of that. I don't I don't think that this erases so much of Last Jedi that people. No. It does. i I'm not at all. I think we still have the same essential Luke character. Yep. He's, he's a little man. The and again, I mentioned it because we've joked about it so many times. The restraint in the Force Ghost was amazing. I like, I couldn't believe that. I was like, it's just Luke and Leia. That's a good way to end this. Just, just like that. That's enough. You don't need to go crazy. The, the restraint as far as those things went. Was great. Uh, th- th- I, honestly, I can't wait to see it again just because I want to see those last two minutes. I Ray going to that skywalk, and you called it, and you you knew more spoilers than me because we talked. This episode is going to come out later, I think. We talk about Mandalorian, and I say I, I somehow I talk about the h- old creepy haunted Lars Homestead and the ghost <laughs> there. And, yeah, and, I,
1: I I yeah, knew that you was did. You,
2: I I thought about you immediately when it ha- I was like, oh, Zach knew, Zach knew because I saw this Thursday night too. This is the first American. Available screening, I was like, Oh, Zach did know. I was like, Oh, we're going to the creepy one at Lars Dead. <laughs> I was like, We are doing it. I did call it, I didn't know it. Zach did, thank you. But yeah, when she gets you know, makes a little sled for a pointless little slide down, it that that was enough for me to go, This is the same Ray. She wasn't, you know, we know a huge Luke arc. The Ray arc, honestly, she kept a lot more of her own individuality getting to her end. Place in in all this. And I love that. I love it.
1: I actually interpret that a different way. I like when she takes her little sled down. I think it's yes, it's supposed to be reminiscent of her, t- her like her sliding down the uh the dune on Jakku. But like, think about it. when she's doing that on Jakku. She's all alone. She's doing this in order to survive. And it's really like I think about it, right after she does. That, it's either right before, or right after she does that. She's like has to like she's like what tapping her little water canteen out, getting the last few drops because she's pretty much out of water. And yet you look at this and look at how far she's come. Like she she's now again she's she's no longer the scavenger from Jakku. She's Ray Ray the Jedi who has saved the galaxy once and for all from the tyranny of Emperor Palpatine. I think it's go to show that yes. She's still Ray. But look at how far she's come,
2: yeah, it's great. it and and thinking about that, they are still referencing her as the scavenger in this film. It's still like that moniker is still part of her thing in this. And that surprised me. honestly, after the events of last Jedi, you realize that those are, are all happening in, like, a 48-hour span or whatever, yeah. a, a two-week span, it, which is very strange also jarring for us as fans. We're used to, like, well, this happens, and then three years later, this happens, and then three years later, this happens.
3: This whole movie takes place in, like, 16 hours.
2: Yep.
1: Okay, that's – okay, this is one thing, too. I'm glad you brought that up, Zanger. Is that, like, one of my well, biggest complaints about your <laughs> – um, the, one of my biggest complaints about The Force Awakens is, is that it's too like briskly paced And yet I love this Yet it makes sense As to why this film is so briskly paced Beyond the fact that they kind of put this film In a tree shredder It's <laughs> the idea that the film Begins with the notion of We only have 18 hours So it makes sense that this film would be so like, Hyper paced Because time is of the essence and that's why I think the fast-paced editing works, and it's so less jarring than The Force Awakens. Because The Force Awakens, there's no reason for the, the pace of that film to be so breakneck. If anything, The Force Awakens should be a little bit more plotty, because it needs to set up so many things. This film is the wrap-up, so there should be a little bit more of like, okay, time is of the essence. we got We got to get get in and get out before everything, like all hell breaks loose. And that's just another one of those small things, where whether it was intentional or it was that, Hatchet job editing it. I think it works to the film's benefit.
2: Either way, it is so, so much more breakneck than the conclusions of the other. Think about. 3 PO and R2 walking around the desert and getting to Jabba's Palace. Man, that stuff takes forever. Like that all like that is so established and takes so long. And then you think about Revenge of the Sith. We get a very exciting beginning. And then you get Senate and Padme. And it's like it has a slowdown big time. This movie does not have time for any of that. It is like, no, we have we have two movies of plot to just get through. We we're gonna show you Zach you've seen this I again I'll say you've seen this more than us what's the deal with all the when he gets to eczema and he sees all those like half, <laughs> all those all those like half grown snokes what's going on with I, that? so so the emperor grew snoke and you see yeah. a bunch of weird half snokes yes,
1: I'm so glad you brought that up Russ because like yes. I was telling Zenger during our break
2: that this book in, has
1: a lot of stuff. His book has a lot of stuff indeed. All right, this is what the book has to say about Lord Emperor Snoke. Ooh. In time, Imperial Era leaders like Grand Admiral Ray Sloan, shout out to the Aftermath trilogy, General Brendel Hux, Hux's father shout out to Hux. Yep, good old Hux, yeah. and the Legion Red General Red Pride, Red Pride. <laughs> and the Legion General Pride would make way for the rise of Supreme Leader Snoke. Heir apparent to the contingency crafted by Emperor Palpatine before his dis- demise, Snoke gave no indication anvil. at maybe <laughs> Snoke gave no indication as to his origins, but possessed the knowledge and forceability that made him undisputed heir. Strangely, he made no designs on the old title of emperor. And his Force abilities were not explicitly of the Sith heritage that Palpatine embodied as Darth Sidious. Snoke seemed content to focus on spiritual matters, ceding control of the military to generals and the shaping of the First Order's public image to propaganda masterminds. Some, like Pride, came to peer behind the veil and realize that Snoke himself was subservient to an unseen Force."
2: No, oh, so, so there you go. Like you said earlier, uh, that uh, that pride is just old school, pure imperial. Yep. Uh, I I'm, hey, uh, more restraint for not uh, having some baby Yoda keeping uh, keeping Emperor alive, which I still put out as a the theory. I don't know how. He, it, honestly, my my oldest son was just like, "Yeah, the movie's fine. How is Emperor alive?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" It's like, well. He fell in a hole, no, think and then it. the Death Star blew up, and then, how was he alive? And my wife is defending it, going, he's got dark side powers, it's magic, you know? He's like, no, but he fell in a hole, and it blew up, and then everything, well, I don't get it, I'm like, she's like, don't worry about it, he's back, just, just go with the story, but he couldn't get over it.
3: Powers some
2: might consider unnatural.
3: Exactly. <laughs> and he got to say it in the film. And I love that that's like the that's the explanation, by the way. That's all it is, is just like the, yep, that's the explanation we're going to give, and we're sticking to
2: it. Yeah, I love any background of any kind of weird back-to-tank or anything. like when they showed barely showed Anakin's body floating around in Rogue One. Those are the things where you're just like, oh, oh, give me the still of that. I got to see a bunch of Snoke heads floating around in a weird brine. It's, it's, it's- oh, it's delightful. It's mm, so it's so great, Smoke yeah. Brian available <laughs> at all Disney parks this summer.
3: <laughs> oh wait, wasn't the wasn't the um, the planet that the one Disney parks based on supposed to be in this? I was
1: shocked that there was no Batu in this. What I, 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 was whoa. that? I or was, was actually show it to me, Zach. No, Look I, see, I'm your it wasn't.
3: It wasn't. I was shocked. I am shocked it wasn't. No, it had
1: to have been. Why else would they have built a giant park if it wasn't I, be based on it? <laughs> you, know, you know what? I was surprised where it didn't show up. I was surprised it didn't show up. But okay, one thing I do want to is point the out Resistance
2: was, base. Is the Resistance like base planet? Like, why didn't you make that jungle thing like Batu?
1: Yeah, well, that too. But on top of it, I'm surprised that during the final, like the final sequence where we see like Endor, Bespin, Jakku. I was surprised there wasn't a shot yeah, of, G- Batu. of Batu being there, like, being liberated from, like, First Order occupation.
2: Like, I was genuinely shocked that we didn't get more plants. Like, I considered, hey, like, what? We saw Ewoks. That was great. But Bespin did seem way, I was like, why are you, why is, why is there a Star Destroyer breaking over? Okay. Because I, now I, we
3: can show Lando going back there to take it over.
2: Here he did take it
3: over
1: in the Aftermath trilogy.
2: Yeah, why are they showing it then? I don't know. I, I don't know why we... Considering it was very... That, it was a very, like... It, of course, we know what it is. And it, it just went through our old... But, you know, when we saw... The, I, I I marked out for the Ewoks. I I, sure. I pumped my fist for that. Okay, why not? They they were respectful. They were put in there. They just looked at each other. And it was enough for... Though so Ewoks got more, more screen time than Wedge. It feel like everyone did. Well, Maybe I think mean, that was so- his choice. <laughs> <laughs> you can have me for 15 frames, mate. And I'm out. I don't know. The thing about that
1: sequence, though, is that like we we get to see all those like we only see three planets. Like, why wouldn't you show some more? And if you are, why don't you show like planets we've never seen before? In the sense of like um like ones that we've read. Like, think about it. In the and what the weirdest part of that is is that that's actually a callback to the special editions. Yeah, it is. We're actually having references now in the yeah. new films to the atrocities oh, of the special editions.
2: But they could have given, if you want to do any prequel notch, you could have shown a, uh, Naboo for a second. No. Could have, no. <laughs> Coruscant. Yeah. Yeah, no. Coruscant. Yeah. No, Coruscant, though, that that seem Coruscant has it seemed to, no reference to the, I love that, that that there is a weirdly almost meme-y sounding um, uh, reference to Palpatine when 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 Threepio C- says, "I cannot uh, say this out loud." The Senate ruled that I would, that no droids can speak Sith. He what says Senate. The, yeah, he says the Senate. I was like, "Oh, you mean Palpatine ruled it?" The Senate, of course, he no, is the Senate. No, no. Yeah. said the Senate. That was good enough for me.
1: No. What if the Senate from a thousand years ago during... Sanger's, S- Sanger's right. I, in the book, I actually read that, and uh, it does say explicitly that it's from old old Republic protocols.
2: Woo! So baby right. Anakin had to know that, like, oh boy, yo, I don't want to offend the old <laughs> Like, I don't know why he's Canadian. All of a sudden. Wait, <laughs> <hate> he <laughs> is Canadian. He, oh boy, yo, I don't want to sit the Senate, eh? You can't read Sith, eh? It's not your nature. You reflect your master. Yeah. told me this. He's old. <laughs> oh man, that's too funny. <laughs> here,
1: here, here it is from uh, the Visual Dictionary again, uh, with a massive right. of, Yes, with a massive data eh, with a massive data bank of languages, both active and extinct. Three PO can read the Sith runes. However. Hardwired protocols within his translator systems prevent him from divulging what the text says. The strictures of the old Republic have long banned the open sharing of Sith knowledge.
2: Yeah, Uh, but I do love that he said the Senate. It just leaves it out there where you're like, all right, that's that's fun. Because you know when you hear "I am the Senate," you know who we're talking about it, and especially in this film of all of them, where not only do does the emperor like basically say every meme, you know, except unlimited power. I don't know why he didn't say. No, it. he so shows close.
3: unlimited power. Yeah, He'll he just shows. Says,
2: it. It. Yeah, he just shows it, and it's there. But he was so close. Uh, Ian McDermott, he, I, he'll probably never be in another Star Wars unless they CGI. He gave us his best at the end. I think oh, he it's really he really is just like I'm just eating all of this up. This this is oh, this, this is over for me. This is the last one I get to do, and I'm a, I'm a literal monster. Let's do it. Oh, when he sits there, puts his giant
1: like sparkle fingers and fingers in the air, and like wipes out like all the ships. I'm like, movie, stop uh-huh. it, stop it, movie. I can't handle this anymore. Did we call
2: that, too? When he throws, he throws Kylo Ren in a hole. He's just like, <laughs> oh, Father, your grandfather threw me in a pit. Let's see how you like it. And he you. He just throws him. And he's just, oh, oh. And I was almost like, oh, wait, are we on the Death Star? Like, that looks just like it. Like, the way he throws him is so great. And he has to, you know, do his heroic Thor's hammer way out of it, too. It, it, it's really good. It's delightful. Everything
1: with Palpatine is perfect. Like in all honesty, this is the one t- I gotta give credit where credit is due to Jar Jar Abrams. That like if somebody sat me down, It's like okay, Zach, you tell us what kind of Palpatine do you want. I couldn't have I couldn't have done it any better. And he's just over the top. Oh god! And, he and when he's reborn, when he's what what we finally call him Super Super Sith Palpatine,
3: Super he, Sith Palpatine.
1: He's
2: yeah, just, well, I S S Palpatine.
1: Yes, S. Palpatine. Um, I want that action figure. I want. I. I want a playset, action figure collection, deluxe, deluxe. Oh, box a pop set. figure. No, that's stupid. Yeah. Um, I want. I. <laughs> you want called
2: n- with it. You have that great art of the. What is it like a little enamel pin of the zombie emperor? Yeah. I mean, it's really close. It is very close to that. Hey,
3: when his face is getting melted away, it looks pretty green at one point. Just oh. saying.
2: Yeah, I love that everyone's everyone's hatred evolves around. Um, oh, um, I see more. So, of course, the final scene is you know, Palpatine. You know, Ray, almost pulls a Obi Wan and says, "I don't think I." If she would have said, "I don't think so," I would have really. That was the only thing that was Wait, missing for me. Did he have was the high they were on the no. He actually did. I believe he was a little higher than her. But when <laughs> when when he shoots the lightning and she stops it with the lightsaber, I was really wishing she would say, "I don't think so," because it would have been the perfect. You would still have been like, maybe she's an Obi Wan, maybe she's related. But everyone's mad about her pulling Leia's saber. Out. I see that more as a life force intention, having having Anakin, Luke's and Leia's all this Skywalker, just lightsaber power or whatever their intention is in this, their being their passed away. And that, that was more of their spirit uh, manifesting itself as in their own physical weapons. And it made, I love it. I, I like the theory that once he gets that lightning started, he can't really stop it. Like he can't defend once he, he has to just go full out or he's in trouble. What do y'all think? As somebody who plays as Palpatine all the time in battlefront two,
1: I can attest to that. Considering that like you, you, you have a certain, I know this is the wrong way to look at star Wars, totally but, look uh, it the wrong way. Well, sure. But the thing is, is that like when you do have the lightning going, like that is your, as both your <laughs> offense and your defense, cause it's the only thing keeping your opponent from like making you a pal Palpatine cycle. Right. And
2: so it's like, (laughs) you might as well, if you don't go all out, it's just, it's not, you might as well, forget how many ships, you gotta just focus that, keep them away, they're moving towards you, you're done, You're, you're just done, if you stop to get a lightsaber, you're already dead.
1: More or less. But yeah, no, I, I think I think that's really cool the way you phrased that, though, Ross, before. Like, it was like, okay, you have Anakin and Luke's lightsaber because it was both theirs at one point. And you have the Leia's saber, and, you, and she's using all of that to deflect with her own power. She's using that to deflect it all back at Palpatine until it vaporizes him, and he becomes like, oh God, Terminator 2 esque, like, skeleton of Linda Hamilton when she's getting vaporized by the. Uh, the uh, atomic bomb. Yeah. Oh, I love it! It's great. Oh. Like, it's 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 so fantastic.
2: It's, it's just his layers getting peeled back, and you think about it. Her 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 dyad um, has is still exists. It's very close to her, and it's also changed to completely light. She's not uh, this dyad of dark side and light side. Um, the, the person she's connected with is light side, which. It's got to just amplify her powers, like towards defeating an evil thing, like immensely. Like he's still there, you know. Where it's very, it's very confusing because so much stuff's going on. Where is Kylo? Where is Ben during all that of uh, uh, final battle, Zach? He's in the hole. He's still digging his way out, right?
1: Yes, because he eventually he he climbs out, and then he sees her passed out because she's dead, and it's not until he transfers his uh life force into her, which is even more, which adds. Again, Zenger, I don't know why you don't like that. It's it's oh my god! You have the whole fact that he climbs his way up, sees the fact that she's gone, and his final like or technically second to final action in his life beyond just kissing her is. He <laughs> transfers his life force into her. I'm like, oh god, yeah, it's that's so fine. perfect.
3: <laughs> I, I don't no, mind it's, that
1: part. It's, it's the It's it's beautiful. It's short, nothing. Short. It's like think about it. We've like look at all the romance that we have in Star Wars. Yeah, Han Leia is fine, but it kind of comes across as like an afterthought. You look at like Revenge of the Sith and like Anakin and Padme, and that's like 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 good lord, that that
2: romance doesn't, it doesn't exist. Goes oh, off. No, the no, rails. no, 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 no. It, it's got set the... up and it goes off the rails. We get. A minute of romance is all we it, need in a Star Wars, I think.
0: Well, that's
2: me a... with, with a nine-hour build-up.
3: Well, I mean, to set up the romance between uh, Anakin and Padme in episode two, okay. uh, <laughs> if you take a, a a chair and then stack another chair on top of it, that is a more <laughs> dynamic, <laughs> emotional scene than anything <laughs> that two
1: put together.
2: I well, wish I
1: could just wish these feelings away. Exactly. God dang
2: Zanger, I would just ask you to leave, but um, your presence <laughs> is soothing.
1: <laughs> oh my god! But it's true though. Like, like yes, there's always been romance in Star Wars. This is another thing that JJ really or who I, or should be. Well, yeah, I know. I, I was I like getting the there. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll show myself out. There. <laughs> Thank you. No, right. your presence is wait. soothing. <laughs> no. <wait. laughs>
1: <laughs> Hossak Russ, we got okay, we gotta do a d a do-over for that. Zenger, make your make your dumb joke again. <laughs> you know, like the song. ba da ba da ba
2: Thanks, we'll be right back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we had that planned out for the last three hours now. We finally had to do it. We had to wait for Zenger had to have one teed up for us. <laughs> um but no, but like that's the point though, is that like yes, the Han and Leia romance is there in like Jedi. And plus an empire. And it works for the most part, Empire. Jedi, it's a little like forced. But then you have Zanger's made loud and clear that it's a bad romance in in Attack of the Clones Uh, and Sith. And in this, again, the romance the the truly like on the surface romance part is like Russ said, like what, fifteen seconds tops? And yet it's it's more effective than anything else in the entire series.
2: He feels like a totally different person as Ben Solo. And I love it. Like, I don't see a lot of Adam Driver stuff that isn't Star Wars stuff. And now I get it even more. Like, I, I loved him as as Kylo Ren. And seeing this whole journey, I mean, it, he he's the most hateable character in the first one. You get a little sympathy for him in the second one. And their relationship is compelling. And it's, it, it's like we never see, like, it's like Luke in... You know, Luke and Vader didn't have this kind of this kind of relationship going on. It was a father son thing. It wasn't like a we might be partners. We we are part. But when you learn that they are a part of this Force dyad, this thing where they can make each other more powerful, and they are both on the light side, it's. It's, it's very it's it's so accelerated and you can understand how this would take someone like Palpatine down and that that, that might take a little it, it this movie might take might just take it might go so fast that it's hard to get stuff like that if you haven't thought about it for like a long time after because this movie is is a bit much in as far as is 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 is, is things happening it happens so fast like you really have to sit and think and read about it to kind of you know, put it in context.
1: But even prior to that, like we have the moment of like when she impales him on the on the uh, wreckage of the Death Star, and then she heals him, and she kind of turns around. And she's like, "I did want to take your hand, Ben Solo's hand," and then she walks away. And it's like, "Oh, like, that's perfect." Again, it's it's an an instance of so like you can do so much with so little.
3: See, I find that part a little irritating
2: too. Why? Yeah. I forgot about that a little bit, and uh, it, and we are so inundated with Mandalorian right now. Imagine that we were prepped for this Ray healing ability by Baby Yoda doing it first. So, what does Ray heal first? She heals the uh the basilisk, right? <laughs> I, I believe that snake is called the basilisk. Am I am I correct about that? It has a, it has a name in the
1: book. I just don't remember it. I've seen it. It's it's called something. I'll I'll look it up.
2: It was a server on um, Star Wars Galaxy's emulator, the Basilisk. It's the Basilisk. I believe it. It's the Basilisk. That's all. That Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, she heals the poor Basilisk in that. It's like I said it. I said it to you guys privately. I was like, I, w- I won't say this on the show. I want to steal another show's content. But there was another show uh, that did. They talked about Mandalorian. And um, they were talking about we've all seen it by now with um, uh, with Baby Yoda healing uh grief cargo and that be and, and they they mentioned that boy if we had first seen that power from ray people would go insane but the fact that baby yoda is the first one to use healing powers on on camera that actually it's okay and that that that, that being with ray now is is fine very excuse, strange right
1: excuse me russ uh grief cargo i think you said his name wrong
2: Great! What is it, uh, Carl, Space, Space Carl Weathers. Space Carl come Weathers. I'm sorry. Come space on, Carl God. Weathers. Boy, in a great scene that we haven't talked about yet. In the uh, boy, the penultimate episode of the we'll, Mandalorian. We'll Doing cover- great.
1: We'll cover. We'll cover it, six, it eventually. Seven, we'll cover um, it. In January. It's the
2: only. It's the only connection to this film. The fact that they had to show an actual force healing on film for the first time before the day before this movie comes out and say, "No, no, no that's established. Baby Yoda even does that. Ray, Ray's got it. Ray's got <laughs> everyone
3: it. can accept it
2: now. Yeah, if Baby Yoda did it. It's completely fine. Baby Yoda choked somebody. That's fine too. <laughs>
1: All right. One thing I do this I want to bring up real quick. Um, I think everybody knows my other fascination with Colin Madman Trevorrow's episode nine. And it should be pointed <laughs> out that he does him and his writing partner, Derek Connolly both get um, writing credits for this.
2: Really? In this film? Really? Yes,
1: along with the uh, JJ and uh, Chris Terrio. But I have to ask or I have to bring it up just in case it does happen like 15 years from now when I'm like in my mid 40s, I can point to this and be like, aha. I got it right. When Kylo, uh, considering that the Colin Madman Trevorrow idea was Every to have time you Ray, say that, yes, and remember? I just, for, I just imagine someone with a camera in front of him going, "Ah, <laughs> that's Zenger, That's exactly how Jurassic World was made. That's that's verbatim. That's behind the scenes well, for the shows. Look,
2: when when Zach's in his forties, let's be honest, we're all going to have this just plugged in our brains, and we just yes. hit the back channel. We are all going to be there. We'll all be there. Trust me.
1: We'll all be there, indeed. But no, considering no that his original, I concur. Uh, John Favreau, Mandalorian. Um, no, was that his idea for episode nine? Was that Ray would get would have gotten pregnant from the hand touching uh, of the Last Jedi? Uh, yes, which to this day is my favorite. Glove. Which yes, just like the Futurama episode. Um, <laughs> no glove, no love. Um,
2: <laughs> See now this now those Mexican raid flavored tampons <laughs> make sense now and it's very disturbing that that <laughs> product was ever released. I don't want it. That's I, not. I,
1: going I, in, I, I, I want in cubs, the American right? Museum. I like the idea no. he uses the, yeah, the word. I like he uses the word flavored. I, I think that's a very. i never heard those two. Those two Id- that item and that.
2: Yeah, uh, so, that was one of the most. That was one of the most immediately regrettable things I've ever said. Right? A podcast. Okay. Hey, actually,
3: actually, I got a test I want to do real quick. Deodorant. What does deodorant come in? Different containers? No, different
2: oh, flavors. Of course, right?
3: It, it, the correct word is
1: sense, but you know, good, good job <laughs> on proving my point. <laughs> oh God, we're delirious. We're delirious. Oh no. Uh, Knights of Vader's <laughs> hashtag cancel Knights of Vader. Um, no, but my point being is that when Kylo, I'm sorry, when Ben Solo is bringing Ray back to life, he's putting his palm on her like belly area. Who's to say mm. 10 15 years oh, from dang. now when they make episode 10? Much like Shami Skywalker and Anakin, that maybe Ray ha- Ray continues on the lineage of Skywalker by being impregnated with, con- consider- considering that he's transferring mm. his life essence into her, which is another way to describe
2: conception. Right, where Daisy just- Ridley. So Daisy Ridley is not a main character but she is a almost a uh, a Luke level cameo in it yeah years from now maybe I, hey, if these resonate I could see it happening
1: Well think about it Daisy Ridley is my age so like 15 years from now she'd be like 40 something so who's to say that she wouldn't be the continuation of this like again like I would imagine when we do eventually get episode 10 it's not like they're going to ignore Oscar Isaac, John Boyega and Daisy Ridley so I could very well see the, her being the continuation of the Skywalker saga being Ben Solo sacrifice to her and in the process of saving her life it also creates a new life which would then be a Skywalker and considering that the 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 formation of the Skywalker sock, the Skywalker family is through a uh, virgin birth. Just saying the groundwork is laid. And I wanted on record that in like twenty. Uh, 35 when this happens you heard it here first folks
2: Yeah, you heard it here first and the sith are gonna rise from uh nothing and we'll get a new (laughs) sith lord there'll be a new they'll figure it out at some point it'll be some old art we saw for something it'll be like oh yeah it looks like that vader guy that's like to have vader have dengar or something so what we need Go, go ahead no, no, I'm done. I'm done I'm slapping. <laughs> <that>. uh, Vader, <laughs> <have
1: Dengar. laughs> imagine imagine Simon Pegg's voice through the Vader, the Vader mask. It's like hey, hello boy. How you do it's I can't even do it. Um, but yes. Can anybody here do a Simon Pegg voice through a Vader like mask synthesizer? Oh, yeah, it's,
3: <laughs> it's right on my like top list of things I can't do.
1: <laughs> I was imagining at that point, San Francisco going to transition to me. <laughs>
2: Oh, sure. oh. <laughs> Alright, that's all I got. That's all you got.
1: Um, all right, I, there's only one final thing I want to talk oh, about. Oh no, in I this I, movie. I still okay.
3: I said I didn't like the whole the whole mm. her healing Ben
1: thing. Oh no. Don't 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 be that guy. Russ and I are like like oh god, what's the word Russ? What would it be? We are so don't, like
2: we're we'll become a uh, a Knights of Vader dyad at this yes, point or Diad, or whatever we are. We are we're, spellbound by this Yes, film, We are exactly. spellbound by this.
3: Oh, so I so I'm I'm the one that has to Zack this situation.
2: Yes, you're gonna we can be, be a z- triad. We could be a triptych, a triad, or whatever. Oh, no, just, we, just hear, me
3: hear me out. Over. Hear me out. see, my problem is I don't see how the lightsaber cut him because he's been swollen So I mean there's no way that should have been able to cut into him.
1: Ba da No,
3: I I no problem with all that stuff. Like I said, the kiss is the only thing that bothered because 'cause I'm like because I saw it, and I'm like, I, w- I was waiting for someone in the theater. Zach has, like, like gotten to my head that whenever someone's staring at someone for long enough, someone in a movie theater will scream out, kiss. And I was amazed <laughs> it
1: wasn't me at this time. It was it was me. I, I was I was the 17-year-old girl yelling out in the theater when they're staring at each other, and they're smiling. I'm like, kiss. But, kiss. but you're
3: saying it seriously. I would be yelling it as, like, a joke and being a... But about
2: it, but I kind of did too. I uh, My oldest son, who was sitting a couple people away from me, we we had our moments where whenever we looked at each other, I know something ridiculous happened, and he would look at me. And it yes, it was when they were about to kiss. He looked at me. But the funniest one to me is the tragic end of Space Matt Parkman. Yes, I'm talking about our boy. What's his space name again? I can't even think of Snap it. Right Wexley? Now. Snap yeah. Wexley. Snap Wexley. Death. He uh, the the timely death of Snap Wexley was b- between the dead speak and Snap Wesley eating it on the side of a star destroyer. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed so much. I looked around for anyone because his death was more. It was more por- more pathetic than Porkins. It was like no. It was like yes, yes, he's gonna die, and he did. It was great. That's that's for selling out. The Hosdian system—that's for getting caught. Yes, yeah. being on Starkiller Base. You are the one that got followed. You screwed everything up, and you deserved it. And you should not—you were in Last Jedi for a reason because you God,
1: saw. He is taking this personally, people. I, I, you know what? I didn't take that as far as Russ would have. But when like Greg Gunberg got exploded on the side of the Star Destroyer, I was amused. I'm like, good—we don't need his
3: kind. I, I was sitting there, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't pick that as one of my Lego toys, because <laughs> I would have did. had to smash it against the Star Destroyer <laughs> one whenever I get that.
2: He came with a Lego A-Wing. I don't even think he was flying. No, well, he, he was A-wing. flying an
3: A-Wing, I think.
1: No, no, was it's he? Was one. he? It's an, a- an
2: X-Wing. He line. was in an the X-Wing. They, they jammed him into an A-Wing <laughs> toy. A G- Greg Gumberg, you may be able to read minds, but not mine. I was happy you smashed. Yep, I like to imagine Zenger gets that Christmas morning He's like completely
1: angry Ali's like, what? I thought you wanted the Lego kit Oh, she hated that one no, no, Zenger, play along okay, and, and, like, and like the whole time like Zenger's making it on Christmas morning And he's just like, it's somebody building a Lego set Just really angry And in the moment he builds, he's like, oh wow, you built that so fast And Zenger immediately throws it at the wall He's like, why'd you do that?
2: Read Watch accuracy. the movie. <laughs> Green accuracy. This is how it's supposed to end for him. Snap! You messed us all over. I don't know why they ever took you back. You should have been the spy. They should have just like you. <laughs> you, you destroyed us. You destroyed like six planets, dude. Because you could not not be tracked. How did you? <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. I, I like that.
1: Alright, uh, one last thing about... Anything else about the movie? There's one last... It's, it's technically... I mean, we're going to be talking about this for I feel
2: like months, the, years. Yeah, I feel, like we, I feel like there's so much to talk about. You, I, like I I've mentioned more times that you've seen this movie. You've seen this movie more than I mean, us. It's, it's at and least it's hard more. to even pull it together and rationalize it all at once. It, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I know I like that... Um, man, I've never gone into a film like this... With the bad reviews looming over it, I feel like every recent Star Wars one it got decently reviewed. I went in going, "Oh my god, I, am I going to hate this? Are all the reviewers right?" And I was like, "No, what, what are they talking about? This is this is a fun movie." The thing I want to bring up because I read—I didn't
1: read a lot of critics' reviews, but I read a lot of them, like when comes. the embargo lifted. But I don't know. I'm expecting something. No, no, no. I, I think what this film is, and I think I'm there's bracing myself, everyone. Well, I this might be a radical notion, but I think if you've heard me talk long enough here, you know where I'm probably going with this. That's why um, I'm scared I, no, but like after reading a lot of the critics' reviews, I think you could almost classify the Rise of Skywalker as the fourth prequel. It feels like more it feels like the logical film that would follow Revenge of the Sith in a tonal and visual way yeah. more than. The Last Jedi in The Force Awakens. Because, like, as I, I was thinking about, because uh, prior to recording this, Rob and I recorded our uh, Vanilla Sky episode. Enjoy that episode, folks. You're going to hear uh, well, a certain.
2: Tom Cruise, fun. Okay. Yes.
1: Uh, you're going to hear a very certain, uh, very specific phrase said by Cameron Diaz numerous times throughout that episode. Um, I didn't start the clip now, but I'm pretty sure I'd have to bleep most of it out. um The it, 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 episode won't be out by the time this episode's out, but come back in a, a couple of weeks. Um, But no, I was talking to Rob about this, and he he hadn't seen it yet, but he's read everything online about it. And I think it's fascinating that when you look at every Disney Star Wars film, they're all so tonally specific. Like, The Force Awakens is very nostalgic, and uh, it's nostalgia-driven. Rogue One is a very—it's a thriller with a lot of nostalgia elements, but at the end of the day, it's a thriller. The Last Jedi is a deconstruction of the Star Wars mythos. Nobody should have watched it. Apparently,
3: yes, according to and, some fans.
1: Yes, and in Han Solo, the movie is essentially like Marvel. It's it's the Marvel. It's a Marvelization of Star Wars. It's their attempt at making Star Wars into like a Big Mac. And the Rise of Skywalker is kind of. It's the prequels. It's it's kind of like everything that made the prequels unique. It's this zany, goofy thrill ride of a movie that really doesn't care what anybody has to say about it. It's 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 only intention is wrapping everything up come hell or high water. And I'm starting to – and I kind of get because um, when th- we took a break before and Zenger and I were talking, and something that really kind of baffled me was that the cinema score for The Rise of Skywalker is lower than the one for The Last Jedi. And I never would have figured that. And I think part of that reason why is... I think, not not the hardcore fans... But I think the filthy casuals, the normies out there... Really don't know what they're getting involved with the Star Wars anymore. For the aforementioned reason of... Every Star Wars film is so tonally different from the next one. And even though as much as I, I dislike Marvel and what they're doing to cinema... They, for the most part, every Marvel film is the exact same movie. Yes, the characters are different. Yes, some of the stuff is different here or there. But thematically and tonally, every Marvel film is the exact same thing, whether it be Ant-Man, the Wasp, Avengers Endgame, Iron Man 3. Every movie's the same. And you can't say that about Star Wars.
2: No, especially this trilogy. Think about the prequels have a certain look. And you could watch anyone Yes, the prequels. Same with the OT. This one, boy, it's hard to compare any of the films together. It's like they tried to do a hard redo of original Star Wars with its own kind of twist. And then they went completely left field. And then I don't even know where this film ends up in that. This is like, we're just going to go every field we're gonna make two movies in one and you just better hold on because you don't even need you could i i can't wait just uh, the curiosity i don't like to um um like, you know how people do those edits where they, you know, they just ju- take the artistry onto themselves. I, I don't like stuff like that. I don't like people's personal edits of things. It's like if you want to watch it, watch it the way it was intended to be made. You don't think you're better than whoever did it. But I would love to watch episode seven and episode nine back to back. I cannot wait to do that just to see how that feels, like what that that experience is. It's got to be wild.
1: Oh yeah. That's one thing too I love about this movie. I love the color palette. I love how it's lit. I love how everything kind of looks. Um, that's one thing I wasn't particularly thrilled about with the Last Jedi is that outside of a couple sequences here and there, it's a rather color muted film. The same that could be said for the Force Awakens. The color palette isn't really that vibrant or that varied. Yet in this, we get so many different colors. Like even just like the sequence of uh on the star destroyer hangar all the white had,
2: all the white in kylo's chamber i i love that that was that was a great moment
1: well, sure, but even like that sequence where you have the white, like, pill lighting of like imperial, just how they do things, and you juxtapose that to the Kijimi, like, stone and like the spotlights from the first order searchlights. You you have that cut back and forth of Rey wearing all white in the white background and Kylo Ren wearing all black with his red highlighted helmet in like the like the the blue and blacks of Kijimi. Yeah. I'm like, that's great. And then even like I was saying originally. On the Star Destroyer hangar where uh, Ray is surrounded by the uh, stormtroopers And Kylo Ren shows up And right before the Falcon appears Like even that you have like all this Like blue and white like neon lighting Combined with
2: I always forget about the fact that Those two faced off and She jumped on from The Falcon Went in the atmosphere Of that ship for a second and she got away That whole sequence was amazing Like it, it's just one viewing, yeah. There's so much going on. I, I, it's hard to uh, recall it all at once.
1: But even you look at the lighting, like when she's like bat, like like when like uh, Kylo Ren's approaching her, and she keeps like inching further and further to like the threshold of the the hangar, and she looks and she sees the city below her, and then like she's actually in the midst of like the blue force field that keeps out, just I guess separates the the outside from the inside of the hangar, and we I see her totally
2: like. I was totally expecting I heard it when she does that.
1: <laughs> I'll never join you. And she jumps down like Luke does in uh, On Despen. <laughs> yeah. Um But no, but like I love that. Like when she's standing right there, caught in the middle of the force field, in her entire white outfit, she starts to glow blue. And we juxtapose that to, again, the black of the hanger of him in his, in his helmet with the with the red highlights. Like, this film, unlike a – I love that I should really go and look up the uh, director of photography right now. Because this – I honestly, on a lighting level, outside of maybe Empire, I don't think a Star Wars film has ever looked this good.
2: Yeah, as it, much as a mess as um, Eczema was, that's my own. Only- as far as that goes, I'm gonna keep saying it. I don't care. I love that. Uh, <laughs> call that, it eczema. It's fantastic. It, don't I change. get it that they had to all get on the same level, and I like that 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 little nugget of 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 military. Ah, uh, strategy to, to get on the same level as these things. If they start shooting us, they'll actually be shooting themselves. So that actually made sense to me. I was like, oh, that's actually a good move because yeah, if they're all is sitting at the same exact spot, it'd be good to get on there. And then he, he, people made fun. People were like, ready to say, why are there why are there horses on on star destroyers? This is stupid. It makes no sense. But they immediately shot that down, and were like. Jam the speeders. They'll never get in. Like, they're not on speeders. They're on, like, space horses. Like, oh, okay, never mind. And we get the rare shot of the Sith Troopers, which are, some people say a wasted thing. I don't know. They didn't explain them at all. The Sith Troopers make no sense. They're just cool, like, toys, I yeah, guess. they're cool. They make, I think they're cool. Yeah, they're the, you know, the the scout Troopers got a little more fleshed out in Mandalorian, but the Sith Troopers, I don't know Maybe we'll hear more from them later actually, Who knows? There's
1: actually a really cool moment in the film Like halfway through the battle on top of the, the First Order Star Destroyer, where like We see like a giant explosion, and a Sith Jet Trooper comes like flying down He lands like, he kind of does almost like An Iron Man landing on the Like, on the ship, and I'm like, that's Cool, I'm like, let's do some more of that And even we see a couple shots of the Sith Troopers Like, shooting at the Resistance, and the resistance people like take a couple shots at them and they just kind of like get up and start walking toward them again like i think I, again the sith troopers aren't designed to be like clone like what the clones were in attack of the clones we're like oh wow like where'd they come from what's their history i think the sith troopers were just always meant to be like a like palpatine's faction which is what they are i don't i don't think yeah. they were built up like they're, they're on par with death troopers yeah, It's they're just like shooty
2: boys they're just his guys
1: yeah, it's like what the Death Troopers were for Orson Krennic. They're just what Palpatine. It's, it's their own personal faction. Um, I, I think us as fans kind of project too much onto like the pre-release marketing. I think that's one thing we have to learn going forward as Star Wars fans is that we got to stop like building a lot, like just kind of fabricating things at. Oh of yeah.
2: End. Well, they they kind of push it on us too I mean especially things like console zubio and I don't know I mean thankfully there was no Claude earlier at least figured it will never be at this point I still feel I still got figure out the mystery of Claude that's something I'll that's my that's my beat I'm gonna stay on that for a little bit that's your quest. I'll get I'll get to the bottom of who played him, why he was there, why he was cut out, why everyone's hugging him. Why he
3: was staring at wires just <laughs> randomly. It seems like all he's, he did in the movie was get hugged and stare at wires.
2: Yes, he was the slug hug who loved wires. And that's all we know. And there's got to be more. We'll get to it. Come back in
1: 15 years, folks, when Russ finally discovers the mysteries of Claude. We'll get to it
2: and look, and that's the other thing. this movie I know we're talking about a lot, but like we're gonna move on to Mandalorian and other stuff coming too, but I feel as we got it. you know, there's many viewings of this to be had and there's a there's much there a lot of good stuff in this movie. i'm I'm glad a lot of people, especially fans appreciate it. I, I'm I'm glad it went down the way it did, even though it's a really rushed mess of like a lot of stuff going on, but the stuff in there is so much good.
1: Yeah, it's a rushed mess, but the things that work knock it out of the park.
3: Uh, there is just one more thing I want us to touch on, real quick. All right, I got one
1: thing, too. So uh, let's see if maybe we'll, the plan, maybe we also have our own dyad, Zenger. Oh, boy. The pressure's on. Um, the lightsaber at the end. <gasps> oh, oh, yeah. We also, Okay, we have that to talk about, too. Okay.
3: So obviously, the lightsaber, I think, was built from part of her staff. Of course. And it did did anyone else notice when it ignited it kinda had a few different colors and and then it turned yellow? I didn't notice there's like a brief like it looked green like when it was igniting it looked green and then it went yellow.
2: See, I didn't notice that I was more in anticipation that it would be her staff and there would be a second blade on it, but it it still could be open to that and it's not something I push for, but seeing that it was definitely if you think back, uh, you guys have to remember remember those teaser posters for Episode Seven, where it was everyone looking through something, and Ray was looking through the, the the same hilt that is on her lightsaber now, but it was a stat her staff at the time, and it was great to see that connection. That yeah, her staff did eventually become her lightsaber. We don't need to see more. That was it. Well, that's it. it's really
1: uh, one thing that happened. I think it was Friday morning. Someone took pictures at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge because they have they have God they have everybody's lightsaber hilt. They have Ahsoka's. They have everybody's, and they they just released two new hilts on Friday. One of them being the reforged Skywalker saber with the like leather strap in the middle, and the other one being like Ben Solo's lightsaber from the Last Jedi. And it's like they released these on Friday, the day the film was released. I really wanted to be like, come on, Disney, you cowards. These aren't the lightsaber hilts we want. Give us the Leia Saber and the Ray Saber. We don't want this like secondhand crap. We want the hot stuff from the movie. Give me that Leia Saber. I want that so like if they had that on the shelf right now, I'd be like, okay, Disney, here's my $150. I want the Leia Saber now.
2: I mean, you know it's coming. It's not going to be a Scream Saber, but it, a Scream Saber. It's going to be out there. It's, the Leia Saber's are coming. The Leia Saber looked like a really weird version of like an Obi-Wan Saber almost, where it had all that pipe, that weird edging on it, where it just went up. But it was a lot of it. It, it was very, very cool. I, I love it. I can't wait to see some some Leia cosplayers, like Leia Jedi cosplayers.
3: Oh, Can I admit so cool. something?
2: Sure. I didn't realize that was a different lights. I thought it was Luke's old one. For like no, yeah, no. Um, w- when we're watching them, Luke is using his green one from Return of the Jedi, and she no, no. When doing-
3: when it was rolling, when when like it was given to her, and she like I first saw him like that doesn't really look like Luke's that much, and then it's point. I'm like, oh,
2: yeah. I, I, I like just thought like
3: someone didn't even what? check to l- look at the old version. I'm like, that doesn't... Because it, it looks vaguely like Luke's.
2: So, hey, Zach, think about this. The uh, Re- end of Revenge of the Sith, we got blue versus blue, correct? We got Anakin mm-hmm. versus Obi-Wan. In this one, we have uh, that same blue and Leia's blue together because Luke's was green at the time. So we got the, mm-hmm. uh, two blue again in a final battle. Two blue Jedi lightsabers fighting it off. That, that, yeah. that was very cool.
1: In the infamous words of George Lucas, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> all right, one last thing that I think... We're, we're not going to delve too much into this, but I feel we wouldn't, this conversation wouldn't be complete unless we brought it up. What do we think of the idea of Ray being Palpatine's granddaughter and the fact that it makes no sense and it's not set up at all in any of the previous films or in any of the other media?
2: And I feel like... Different. I, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was... I feel like the whole Jakku Observatory and all that stuff and the fact that Rey stabbed, like, Palpatine in Force Awakens was... I mean, people have been predicting Rey Palpatine since then, so I don't think it was as patched together, as people say, to make it work. I think that that was actually there from the beginning, because I believe there from the beginning, that that the way... That I'm glad it's not a clone... That they actually showed Ray's parents, and but it what, was what, very whole... almost, almost Mandalorian esque. Correct, with we get to see parents hiding a kid, in you know, uh, I know these things are happening uh, simultaneously, being produced, but very much so. Ray's parents are supposed to be who is that? Palpatine's son or daughter? That's, that's son. A, that's the he thing
1: that bothered son. me though is that like like we never see like, we've never. Ever seen Palpatine associate with anybody, never mind like we can only assume as a woman, and then he has a son that we've never heard about before. And that son found a wife and they had a daughter like that's just that's so many layer of contrivances. It it's, is. it's 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 like just make the fact that, like, I don't know, Ray was some weird, like, like when Palpatine, like, I don't know, you could explain Palpatine's because that's not the truth, they don't even explain how Palpatine survived. It's the idea, like, okay, when Palpatine, no, they survived, did with the.
3: There's a nectar.
1: Sure. But, but what I mean though is they could have made some explanation that, like, in my, in my, I kind of like they did with Darth Maul in the uh, Clone Wars, where it's like, in my turmoil to survive, part of my soul was fractured and it went into the, 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 I don't know, and, and you were born from this. And like, that's something you could do. Cause I think just giving Palpatine, like, making Ray's existence so, like, what's the word? Realistic in, li- in a lineage sense. I think it's kind of it, it demystifies her in a way. Um, I don't know because I know a lot of people want Ray to be a nobody that she wasn't tied to any of this, yep. which which we I knew, did. which was, was something that I don't think was they were ever going to do. Ray had to be again. This is it's Star Wars. It's an incestuous universe, and I guess it should be pointed out too that in the visual Dictionary* they hint very strongly that Jonna is uh, Lando's daughter. It's it's hinted at strong much more than it is in the film by really? showing a
3: family oh, okay. tree,
1: more or less. That's yeah. Great. Um, but no, I, I, I again. Ray was always going to be part of the family, and I get like, you can't make her Kenobi because that's that
2: that that, that would, would take away from Obi Wan. Like, yeah, uh, we can imagine see Sheev doing um I don't know whatever he's got to do to do that. I don't know. All right, can uh, we ask? The,
1: what, can we ask the million dollar question? What is Palpatine yes, doing? he doing? Well, okay. was he doing this yes, before? he was
2: before... What's that? Do the old nasty.
1: Okay, Sheev had to do it. Okay, so I have to ask, was he doing the Monster Mash nasty before he was Monster Mash or after he was Monster Mash? I'm going to say both.
2: I can imagine <laughs> a senator from Naboo in Coruscant. Uh, people probably knew him as a normal person for the most part. They were like, oh, this is that freaky sheave guy. So, yeah, I could see this whole thing happening, him trying almost, uh, I hate to say it, Game of thrones where there was a king who's just like... Having offspring that were in part of the lore, but they have like like sure. rights to the throne, and this is a way different thing because it, it is more about powers that are handed down and fighting and all that. Oh, so it's just yeah, it's kind of actually kind of sucks that Razor Palpatine, but taking a Skywalker name still still good.
1: Okay, question.
3: So, so okay, uh, no, no. Here's my question to that. If she wasn't a Palpatine does that really change anything?
1: No, not really.
3: Just yeah, could still be somebody tempted by the by the dark side of the force and and everything.
2: I think this was her test. I think she went through the testing. I mean, she had to deal with all this stuff with Kylo and Redemption and facing the ultimate monster, zombie Milky Eye Mash of all time. <laughs> like she got to see the worst. I think if Luke saw that thing, he might not have thrown his saber away. He might oh be God. like, I might, I might hang on to this thing. This is not. This is not what I expected.
3: But then that makes more sense since Luke said, "I've seen power like this before, and it didn't scare me then." and it does yeah. now.
1: Yeah, fair. Up, up, up. But that's a, that's more the dyad than it is the Palpatine element, I would assume.
3: Yeah, mm. I, I'm just, like I said, it's it's one of those things to where if she's a Palpatine or if she's not, it doesn't dramatically change her character that much. It's an I interesting agree. thing, but I feel like they're seeding for something more here. Sure, sure.
1: There's
3: like, a lot going on. Like, um, I don't know, Palpatine dating show. <gasps> we
1: get- Palpatine on Disney+. Plus. And it's, and it's like it's like imagine Sex in the City, but it's just Palpatine.
3: So so Pal- we get the robot chicken
1: Palpatine of the Palpatine again. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: it'd be great. All right, so I have a, okay. One final question: If Ray is okay, the Rise of Skywalker takes place thirty-one years after Return of the Jedi. Ding ding ding. Okay, and considering that Ray is twenty years old by the time of the Rise of Skywalker,
3: well, and we're she, going with human we're, ages
1: for for this. So yeah. good. Sure, fine. Um, and she's she's abandoned at age six, so that means that that takes place what 14, fourteen years before. Fourteen years, and in the flashbacks, we see of her parents. They look like they're what in their early thirties.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, what would that mean that Palpatine had his son?
2: Oh, boy. Uh he so, was monster man. So he's got <laughs> a 30-year-old son and I mean he looks he looks all this crap in 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 Phantom Menace. I mean we got they filmed it. Yeah, he's at least we figured out in Return of the Jedi that he's at least 120, 130. I've, I think we've established that.
3: I got so, something for this.
2: Okay, what do you got?
3: some Sith powers considered
2: unnatural. Yes. Some reproductive operations are (laughs) not so natural, would you think? Yeah, I I buy it that he could... He's got stuff going on. And I don't think about any of that in a Star Wars sense, but they make you, and we have to talk about it. Apologies, any kids in the car. we are keeping it clean. (laughs) Uh, When when a Palpatine and a weird lady from Exxon 3 love each other very much, they do make a, maybe a, a father of Ray, and that might happen.
1: Okay, so going through the timeline that the Visual Dictionary for the Rise of Skywalker lays out, it says that Ray is abandoned at six years old on Jakku. So based on that math, and, and according to the Star Wars timeline, that would mean that Palpatine had— his, his son was at least born a year after the events of solo. So he was he he was bumping <laughs> all Glaze's Monster Mash folks. I want you to all when you when you're seeing the yes. flashbacks in the rise of Skywalker, I want right. you to imagine Monster Mash and
2: he's just he's having the time of his life. We've gotten flashbacks of that guy who with the ship Oshi? His name is Oshi. Yeah. The Jedi Hunter He's Palpatine's buddy who's charting Ray around Je- the, the Jedi galaxy Hunter. and leaves. Jedi Hunter. He's... Yeah, he's a jet. That's got to come. You know that's some that's some expanded universe bait right there. That that whole he was interesting. He's the Sifo Dyas that might actually exist in this movie. <laughs> you admit it, it, he is interesting. Where yes, I, I'm in- interested. I want to know more and what this has to do with Palpatine and Ray. And he looks weird. He looks like a cool alien. And when he's a Jedi hunter, there's there's more there. We're gonna see more of it, I believe. Oh, will we ever? It's
1: like, I have to say, like when John Justice was describing this movie to me from the spoilers, he said this film, in his opinion, was the closest to Attack of the Clones. And I have to say, he's not wrong. He isn't <laughs> pretty spot on, right? Yeah. yeah, to an extent, yes,
3: but it doesn't have um, Kenobi deciding to become Sherlock Holmes. A ton of talk is sand. Oh God, I'm scared. Of my re, I'm scared to watch
1: this again tomorrow. Zinger, I want you when we see, when you see the flashbacks of race parents, just think of Palpatine going at it. I want you to think of that.
3: No, I'm I'm going to think of him going like, like like him sitting there at 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 the opera, but instead of Anakin, it's a woman. Oh, Jesus. And um. Oh yes, and, you can get it. <laughs> do it and in, do it <laughs> and instead Me, of please. um and, and just just him like. Like Monster Mash, like not Super Monster Mash, but you know, old school Monster Mash. <laughs> Sitting there and be like,
0: Have you ever heard Do the it? tale of Dark
1: Plagueis? And she's like, Oh my god, I haven't. <laughs> I like how she's clearly someone like, what, has like a Staten Island accent. I love, I love that. <laughs> oh, I, n- I never said that. that was the parent. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, Okay, so we're gonna see Palpatine dating. Oh, can we? Okay, I want that. How many? How many? Like. Millions of dollars does does Galaxy no does Galaxy's Edge Disney need before they sit there and make that I want that money. Oh my God! This is why they're
3: blocking detours. Bump <gasps> bump bump bump. Bum, this is bum. why I figured it out because there's a whole probably storyline where 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 Vader gets uh Palpatine
1: to go out on dates and stuff. Oh my God! All right, Fo- Fo- folks, were delirious. It's one fifteen in the morning. I hope you all enjoy this. This <laughs> but I just we made the most 25. sobering point of my life. I bet you did. Prove
3: me amazing. wrong.
2: You
1: know what?
3: Internet,
2: proved me wrong. Prove me wrong it. right now. All Here right, we folks. go, thank okay. you, J.J. Abrams. Thank you, Ryan Johnson. Thank you, Colin Trevorrow. No, don't and, thank him. Don't thank him. Thank, you, John, thank him. thank you, John. Thank you, John Williams. No. I want uh, that's a good his, one.
1: Did, did you all see right. his cameo, John Williams?
2: Yes, I did. I marked out. He was on screen more than Wedge. It was great. He was only there for two seconds. I don't even remember what he did. I just remember it was him. What was he like? A bartender or something? Yeah, he was at like at the bar on Kijimi. Yes, he I, was a bartender. Yeah,
1: he, 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 had the, he, <laughs> he, he had the eye thing. I wanted on the record that he most likely died when they bloated up the planet.
2: Oh God, oh. he was. They, Why they they put him on Kijimi? Yep. You're right. It was there. Oh, my God. Pour one wow. out for John Williams, folks. He's dead now right. in Star Wars. Too <laughs> so soon. The music in so this was great, though, but they did a great job with the film. And look, that last scene, Ray, BB-8. Why is Ray with BB-8? What ship of the in? Who cares? We know. We love. If you liked Force Awakens and Ray and the Sun, you get to see Ray and two songs with it. I loved it was like poetry, it rhymed at the end they, they really, they literally made it rhyme at the end with her, with, with all that it was, it, it was a very satisfying end to me and I was, uh, I was happy to be into it
3: alright, I got one final question oh no I got one final thing that crossed my mind I wanna, I wanna end on this note because, cause you know reasons, um so you, you guys weren't weren't too, uh Keen on the whole Skywalker thing, right? Zach wasn't.
1: Yeah, Russ liked it. I thought it. I, I'm fine with it, but I think it could have been better.
3: So my question to you, Zach, is this: What if she had been like, "My name's Rey Solo"?
1: I took his name. Eh, I think she's kind of walked away from. It. That's the problem. Like, this was the Rey. Co- like, this is where I think Russ made the point of saying, like, watching Force Awakens back to back with this. That would make a lot more sense, but I think by the events, by the, the finale of this, Ray is much more in line, lo- is like aligned with like Skywalker principles in Solo. But I think that's weird. Though. I'm surprised. He, I'm surprised that she didn't do that though, because considering that it's been so like, yeah, I this, like, this, like, I'm, I'm, I'm rethinking this in the moment. That's a good point, sanger Why didn't she do that? Yeah, it's a good point,
3: sanger yeah, you know, Why didn't he? That's a you know really what you, and, you at home. Let us
1: know. Why that would make a lot more sense
2: it might actually be better than what we thought though remember we thought that the idea of jedi would just be like they're not called jedi they're called skywalkers from now on and i think the i think that was bad and that they didn't do that and that it was just Rey saying yeah i'm i'm skywalker and maybe maybe that's what we were talking about as far as the idea of jedis being skywalkers going forward so who knows who knows maybe we'll see another Rey movie in 20 years maybe there'll be a uh, sensitive show about finn um i think these characters will be revisited uh you know they will be come on burying their lightsabers at, at the large homestead whether we get these same characters will definitely pick up the story at some point in our lifetimes i believe
1: no one's ever really gone
2: <laughs>
1: all right on that note so concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast, easily our longest episode by far. Check out our Facebook group. It's been absolutely delightful to see people joining the Facebook group left and right. I think we've had more people join in the last few days. Than I think the last couple months combined, type in Knights of Vader in the Facebook group to join your favorite third rate podcasting host, discuss the Rise of Skywalker and what it would look like Palpatine doing the nasty dance. Find us on Instagram at KOV podcast. Shoot us an email, KOV at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you to N. Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. Knights of Vader t-shirts, The Rise of Skywalker is over, but it's not too late to pick up your favorite Star Wars podcasting t-shirt with such fabulous designs as Remember Alderaan, Star Wars stack, past meets present, Vader and friends. We've got a shirt for everybody. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, Contact me, Zach, on Twitter, it's late, at Cinemates, and also you can hear me on the Cinemates podcast, where we'll be discussing The Straight Story, the only David Lynch film released by the Walt Disney Company. But when you're not hearing us ramble on about The Rise of Skywalker, where can we find you guys? Uh, You can
3: find me sitting here doing, uh, I guess, impersonations of what it would be like to be on a date with Palpatine. I, I'm sorry, it's just... It's gonna consume me now. Like, I'm gonna have to write, like, skits and All stuff right. of just him going right. back to Vader.
2: Look, this is a game show we have to get to develop, and <laughs> Zanger... And Zanger, you have to be Palpy, me and Zach, and I don't know, Rob, or Force Ghost Jim or somebody. You can be the ladies. It'd be inmates. <laughs> I can't look... I, I look forward to that on Zangus <laughs> Zangnesses get really weird next year.
1: <laughs> so, um, what are you, like,
3: into... Man, I I can't flip between those two voices. The
2: pathway, can't do it. The pathway to the dark side and ruling the galaxy.
3: It seems to be an awful lot about you. You're not really into other stuff.
2: No, just
3: just that. I can shoot lightning from my fingers. Whatever.
1: (laughs) All right, Russ. I don't. I don't get these women. What is so, this what is this Tinder thing everybody's
2: talking about? Vader, Check I don't I don't get this Vader. Check me out as Bachelorette number two on the uh, uh Emperor's dating show coming to sing this. I can't wait. I'm going to be a older Milfi twilight <laughs> ready for that. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But you can also find me on the Unbelievers podcast every week. Uh coming back next season. Check us out. And yeah, that's me. Vader, all right.
3: Vader, what's this McClunky
1: app?
2: <laughs> oh my god. Alrighty folks.
1: Good night, but not goodbye. And as always. Remember all on,
0: Down with the Empire!
1: Thank you, Luke.